And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with a Drunk. Rat of a Red Baron here, joined by... I know split with the Braves Mets. <laughs> the mask Chris Massey. And as before said, Rat of a Red Baron. Meow. Meow. No mock tonight. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, he's celebrating his uh, betrothed's birthday, so a uh, big happy birthday to uh, Marissa and um, now that with no, uh, no mock, I mean, we could just rank on the Giants all show, which, you know, we probably should. Giants suck. <laughs> uh, Riddler foreseeably joining us, hopefully very soon. Um, we'll keep tabs on that. But, uh, yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah, um, we are. Are we? Well, I mean, I, we are? I think so. Um, you boys drinking anything? I'm drinking a little bit of 1942 right now. And not only is he doing that, he's preparing a meal. I am. Out of this tradition on the show for me. Right. An aspect that I actually kind of really enjoy. I think, too, we should uh, find a way, maybe down the line, we can incorporate just a whole cooking segment of the show, which is a really terrible audio medium. I can really just live stream this as I do it. <laughs> like for, for all you people listening at home, I know you can't see what's going on, but you can hear the sound of cooking. Yeah, I can give you some, some good ASMR. <laughs> Souls, you drinking? The Astros. Okay, first of all, you, you I, ruined what I was I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Please continue. Kyle, you suck. From the Pepsi Company, I'm drinking Gatorade. What flavor? Lemon lime, of course. Well, I mean... Well, is it Powerade Zero? Definitely not that. <laughs> well, I mean... But Gatorade is superior to Powerade. So be that as it may, and I do agree that that probably is the best flavor. I feel like you had a very negative tone you took with me. You deserved every minute. I how so? I'm I'm agreeing with you, and I just I felt that you owed the audience an explanation. Oh, uh, you're an asshole. Okay, all right. You see, you're being real mature about this. I <laughs> are you expecting anything else from Kyle? <laughs> Absolutely not. I am having. Uh, from Zero Gravity, um, it's called Green State Gravity. Lager, a Vermont Pilsner, 16-ounce, 4.9%. I saw it while grocery shopping, which I very rarely ever buy beer at the grocery store because I'm a, a true liquor store man. I like to support uh, liquor stores of all all sizes. Um, but this kind of caught my eye, and I, I grabbed it. Well, okay, so, then. Yeah. And I, I, I will say, I did have one last night because I was, you know, fiending for a beer. So I, I do have a little bit of a a, a pre... And have you double-pisted the baby in the beer yet? No, that hasn't happened. I mean, I, uh, same proximity, but I need to ha- make that happen. I really I do don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I mean, it's not going to But it's a candle thing. Right, exactly. It's not like, you know, oh, hey, I'm in my front yard doing this. It's just kind of like a novelty in my couch. 
Uh, you boys have a toast of excellence at all, sports and or non-sports related. Uh, my toast of excellence goes to the Dallas Cowboys for as dirty as that feels. <laughs> um, Dallas Cowboys drafted Deuce Vaughn out of Kent State, son of Cowboy Scout Chris Vaughn, and allowed Dad to call to make the pick, which was a pretty cool moment to listen to. Yeah, you uh, you sent that in the, uh, our group chat and had the opportunity to kind of watch that. And it, it, it's an awesome, like, sports moment, like, d- despite your feelings, you know, for what the Cowboys might be. But it, it's yep. just, it, it's it's very cool. It's one of those things that are, you know, very rarely duplicated. When you get the chance to see it, it, it you know, it, it, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Cowboys suck, but moments like that are cool. Much as you want to hate on Jerry, he does love his coaches and his players and his staff. Uh, Souls, you have a toast? It's not his Saints. Uh, well, yeah. My my toast is to Bryce Harper. Be hard. Getting activated tomorrow. We'll be in the starting lineup. Very cool. I'm having Tommy John surgery. Good for him. It's exciting for Phillies fans. Uh, yeah. Um, my toast was actually brought to my attention by Kyle <laughs> and it's for, for Pittsburgh once again, uh, drafting, uh, a player who has a brother already on the team, Yeah. which now I think makes three, is it two or three total sets of brothers? Well, you have or the Steelers also drafting the son of a former player. That too. That's another good point. On the same draft. Yeah. On the same day. Yeah. So p- perhaps a a Homer uh, toast, but I just thought it's pretty funny. It's just like it, it didn't really like, occur to me. He's like, he's like, you realize who they drafted, right? I'm like, uh, no. He's like, well, look at the last name. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, it's just funny that they keep just bringing in family. Yeah. Hey. Pittsburgh proud. Um, but yeah, you know, crack them, sip them, whatever you guys got, and uh, we'll get underway. Um, we're going to talk draft in a, uh, just a minute, uh, but I wanted to add a new thing kind of to what our like no. intro is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No. It came, to, it came to me in a dream. Gross. Come on. Have an open mind, Mass. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to do... What the fuck do you want to add? It's the best thing that happened to you this weekend. So could be could be anything, you know, just some something interesting that happened to you, and I would share it with the class. If you need a moment uh, to think, I can go first. Or the Steelers had a good draft. <laughs> okay, and that that impacted you personally. I'll take the. I'll I didn't really have way. anything happen to me. Nothing hey, happened. That's fine. But so in forty eight hours, nothing of note happened to you. No. All right. Fine. Fine. I'm not gonna stop asking, Kendall. I'm not. I'm there. I've got. I'll, I'll, I'll take it easy on him. What, what happened to you, bitch? Well, I was going through um, a lot of my, you know, stuff here in the basement. Well, in the process oh, of. Oh, don't bring that up. What? The thing you send in the group chat? <laughs> well, I mean that's that's just part of it. Uh, I just uh, the museum of things and just you know finding things uh, you wrote down or whatever. I found 
Um, a very, very thoughtful letter that uh, my cousin Sam, shout out to Sam, uh, he wrote about me uh, back when uh, he did like a confirmation sponsor and he, he asked me, so I found the letter. It was kind of a heartwarming note, but I, I found this, this thing and I have really no idea what it is, like what it's in reference to, but it's in my handwriting on the back of a piece of paper. It says, Intimate Glutes Handling Company. It's underlined, and in quotes, if you if you come first, we'll come second. And it made me laugh because I was like, I have no idea what it could possibly mean. And it was well, we know when you wrote it. Well, I don't even know when I wrote it. You were drunk. Well, I mean, that's just probably what happened. No, no, there's no shot. That's a probably. That's a hundred percent guarantee. Hundred percent stake my future children on that guarantee. <laughs> I mean, th- this, and I have like notes and notes on my phone that I have just no idea what they possibly mean, but they just make me laugh so hard at just the absurdity. So finding those gems was uh, the best thing that happened to me this weekend. Mass, you have anything? Yeah. So, um, I can't wait to hear it. I'll make fun of this, and I'm going to just eat it. Um, <laughs> I ran my first campaign for a group of friends that I played Dungeons and Dragons with for the first time in seven years. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was weird to be behind the not being a player anymore, but actually as a game master. But it was a lot of fun to take that back seat. I'm reminded of the good group of people that I play with where I really don't have to do a whole lot because they're so engrossed in what they're doing i can kind of just take a back seat and let them run wild mm-hmm. um but, in general do you prefer to be a player versus like being dungeon master or no preference you know they're they're two very different things um you're weaving a narrative as a, as a game master you're experiencing the narrative as a player so it really depends on what your preference is mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, I personally like being behind the screen more and controlling it, but that's just because I have, uh, the need to know. So not being able to know what's going to happen next or anything just eats me up inside. <laughs> but I, I do prefer being behind the screen more. I think I will continue this, but this is a campaign that'll probably last 50 or 60 weeks. Wow. Well, that's cool too, especially if you haven't like with a certain group of people in a while. You know, that's yeah. a, that's always a fun. Hey, Mass. Yep. How ridiculous would it be if we played? Kyle, we we have to do this. Kyle, uh, what do you mean by ridiculous? Like, do you think it would just get really off, like off yeah. task? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. You know our friend group. <laughs> But in a way, oh, anything we set out to do is off track within an hour. <laughs> but yeah. in, in a way, it would be perfect because I feel like if if Massey was was the game master, he could he could doctor something for us that would be so perfect, and we like we'd have so much fun with because of the type of people we are that we probably want to do it again. So I want to tell you guys a story that exists. Uh, somewhere on the internet. Give me half a second to pull this up because I feel like this would be the perfect campaign for you. And I actually have it handy. 
so that if I ever wanted to run it, I could. Um, so there's two things. Do you ever guys, did you guys ever see the internet video from like 10 years ago uh, where Shia LaBeouf is a cannibal and they do this whole stage play about it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, there is an actual campaign written around that entire thing where uh, it's supposed to be like kind of what's called a one shot. You play it once. It's something that don't take three or four hours to do. Ran it for a couple of friends of mine and um, you end up fighting what is essentially Shia LaBeouf <laughs> as the final boss. A lot right, of fun. We're in. No, 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 no. Are we, That's well, fun. Here's the one you're actually going to do. Oh, we're just uh, we're getting even Steven Shia LaBeouf or Transformers? <laughs> no, no. Transformers. <laughs> All right. No, off the deep end, Nike Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> so, um, DM for this for this campaign that I know about came downstairs to a group of players that they'd never played with before. Just agreed to run a one shot for them. Came down in a flaming Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> And screams, "Welcome to Flavortown." Oh. Uh the most important and most important non-player character is called Guy, who is a fat-ass fire genasi, which is uh, half genie with white flames instead of normal flames for hair. They started off in a town called Flavortown. <laughs> so Every scary? business was, yeah, that's the joke. Every business was oh. a shitty, fucked-up dive bar or hole in the wall, and he called the campaign "Dungeons, Dragons, and Dives." That's awesome. The biggest, the biggest, most memorable moment I remember is there was a storm giant version of Gordon Ramsay <laughs> with, <laughs> and one of the players had a sword made out of ribs, and every time he used that to attack, one of the guys would just shout out, "That's gangster." <laughs> This is just the kind of random shit that you can do with this game that makes me love it. That is so awesome. Um, hey, real quick, just because I'm, I'm thinking of it, it's kind of a, a transition that works. I wanted to give you guys um, your Riddler ranking uh, to pick five out of six. Uh, you could give it, you know, your ranking whenever you're complete. Um, but Matthew, the one I have for you, it kind of worked out perfectly. Um, so I want you to pick five out of these six and rank them and, you know, give you a reason why you rank them as such and why you've omitted one, uh, for you okay. objectively, in your opinion, which of these, uh, world of Warcraft characters are the best to kind of play a campaign with? Um, and you can write this down. This should you... be good. Cause I'm really curious to just, can I do mine off the cusp? Cause I guarantee I can. Uh, yeah, that's, that's no problem. All right. Ready? Fantastic. All right. Dwarf. Night Elf, Human, Orc, Tauren, Troll. So up until recently, I would have said that Tauren was the weakest one because it had the most limitation of classes that you could use. Torrens were limited in aspects that many other horde races weren't. However, with the newest expansion, Dragon's Blade, Torrin, or the... I'm just waiting for Kyle just to go, what the fuck, at some point. That's why I'm going on like this. Um, 
the boundaries between Horde and Alliance kind of got dissolved. So pretty much anything can play anybody now. So there is really no limitation. I mean, there. I think each class has one thing they can't be, but they may have even gotten rid of that. Um, so to answer your question, what's the most fun to play? I'd say lore-wise is probably Orc, then Night Elf, then Human, then Troll, then Dwarf. Torrents just don't really come into the lore as heavily as the other five. Um, so if you want like backstory for shit like that, that's where you go for it. All right, all right. All right, so before we get into it, uh, I want to give you Souls, uh, your uh, Riddler ranking. And, I mean, you can go right off the cuff like Massey did if you wanted some time to think about it. Uh, so I gave for you, Kyle, uh, secondary, like, quick-serve restaurant items. So, like, stuff you find in I, – I try to choose places that didn't have, like, drive throughs but something that's kind of like fast food. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure I will once you say that. <laughs> okay. All right, so I have for you uh, the queso from Moe's. The cornbread from Boston Market, the cheesy bread from Domino's, the tater tots from Wayback Burger, the fried rice from Pan Express, and the biscuit from Popeyes. Okay, so automatically <laughs> the fried rice from Pan Express is gone. Um, <laughs> really, you don't even think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. Uh, let's go with. Uh, See, what was the one before that, the fried rice? Um, oh, the biscuit from Popeye's. Well, yeah, biscuit from Popeye's. Um, I'll go yeah, down that's again. number five. That's right. not, I'm good. That's number five. That can die. Um, it's so dry. Um, let's go. Uh, what was, sorry, same again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle. All right. Um, <laughs> the queso from Moe's, the yeah. cornbread from Boston Market, the cheesy bread from Domino's, Tater tots from way back. Fried rice. Okay. I got it. I got all right. it. All right. Yeah. I never had the, t- the tater tots from way back, so I'm going to put them for. Um, let's go with. Hmm. Let's go with cornbread three, cheesy bread two, queso one. All right. I dig it. I don't really, I didn't eat, I really don't eat any of those. Well, that's why I, I chose like, like items that kind of like are on the menus at these type of places, but like you're not like going out of your way to order them. Oh yeah, Pan Express. I'll never eat again. <laughs> and I tried it. It's hard because I didn't want to include Popeyes because, in my opinion, like Popeyes is kind of just like a regular fast food place. All the other places are kind of like. Traditionally, you don't have drive-throughs. It's more kind of like a you buy the food there and then you're still staying in to eat it, even though it's made right like instantly. They should have the apple pie from Popeyes. Oh, well, that, that's a game changer. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know why. It was good that day. I, I enjoyed it. I um, did too. But hey, let, let's talk. Let's talk some draft. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the Panthers ended up taking Bryce Young, right? How much of a surprise, in in your opinion, if at all? Not at all. Not at all. Um, 
from what I've read is that the Panthers got like a B. I heard, I've seen some reports that they've reached on their third round. They could have got him way later. Do you want to bring like uh, we're going to talk about now? Well, I, I just figured you know we we talk about the the stuff we want to like. I mean, I want to talk about like each of our teams and what they. All right. So let's bring up the Texans because they did something big. Yeah, I mean right? that was that was like exciting. Yeah, so they traded, they they drafted CJ Stroud and then they traded back to the third pick for Will Anderson. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is really trying to like set, have his own like effect on the team. He wants guys that are going to play hard and have, are good people. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read, they people love their draft. Yeah, it um, was very aggressive. And they, they need to be because they've been so bad for so long. Like they haven't had like a uh, good team in like five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say since kind of like those early Deshaun Watson, you know. Yeah. Cause they, they were bad at the end of Watson there or there. And then they had Matt Schaub. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I thought there was, you know, we, we always kind of talk about like this, um, the team culture. I think, you know, this D'Amico Ryan era, I think if, if that is any like kind of like hint at what they're going to be about, I think there's a lot of good things for them to like look at. I think they finally, you know, found their coach after the fourth time trying. <laughs> Massey? Not there. <laughs> Um, Not seeing Steve Ryan come out of the You know, the Texans really did what a lot of people said that they needed to do. Like Kyle just said, they made a culture move. They're establishing who their leaders are going to be on both sides of the ball and setting them up for the future. The good thing about what they did is because they had the picks from the Sean Watson trade, they were playing with house money. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever they did with those, didn't matter because it wasn't their pick. They weren't gonna. They weren't supposed to have those anyways. So they made the best of the Deshaun Watson situation and got a cornerstone for their defense. So I, I really like what the Texans did with their draft. I thought it was game changer, and I'm very happy that D'Amico Ryan is nowhere near my division. <laughs> yeah, he was a good coach for the 49ers. Yeah, he sure was. And uh, they said that they had the worst draft in all of football. Yeah, 49ers um, didn't have a great draft, but I don't think they had the worst draft. No, but they drafted a kicker. I in mean, the third so round. What? So what? Listen, I'm not Raiders making fun of him. drafted a kicker in the first round, and he turned out to be pretty good for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the Raiders, who... Made a questionable pick, in my opinion. I think that they had a B draft. I don't think it was the worst. I don't think it was great. Man, that dude looks like an asshole. I mean, I Tyree think, Wilson. I feel like the Raiders have the same drafts every year. That they kind of just—it's not even like uh, a need. They just go off entirely like what their gut is telling them to do. I mean, that would be fine if it wasn't so bad all the time. 
Like they they reach for people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Is there any like before we kind of get into our teams? Are there is there any other uh, teams you kind of want to talk about that like were like you know impressed with or, or like you know teams that were kind of you're shocked by like some of the decision makings? Uh, I heard a lot of good things about Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Um, they 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 they're the Georgia Bulldogs now. Yeah. They have so many Georgia players. Oh no! So they're a team that had that could take a chance on Jalen Carter, and they did. Right? They have a culture there that's going to make him work hard. Mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox and Brendan Graham and all those guys. And then Nolan Smith fell to him them at thirty, so they took him. Yeah, and. Go ahead. It seems like Philadelphia too. Even like the the deals they make, you know, uh, in trading picks and whatnot for for players, it's like everything they touch turns to gold right now. And I, I don't know why that is. You got a good coach. But even then, I mean, even like from like a, a general manager level, it, it, I don't know. It seems like they're fleecing teams is not the right thing to say. But it seems like they they. It's like they know something that these teams don't. I, I can't explain it. They're willing to take chances on characters. Right? Jalen Carter had a, has a bad rap, mm-hmm. but they're willing to take that chance on probably the best player in the draft. Because if he didn't have the bad rap, he probably would have been the third pick. Or at least the fourth or fifth. Right. It would, it would have been the Texans trading up for him, not Will Anderson. Right. It was so funny. I like I, I forgot, and when I was looking at the, the day one draft results, I'm like, why are there only 31 picks here? What what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> I t- totally forgot the whole like Miami debacle. <laughs> and like, then, uh, can we just talk about Detroit for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh. I guess they didn't want Swift anymore. Because <laughs> they took a running back with the 12th pick. Well, and, and that's kind of what I was talking about, like, like the whole, like, Philadelphia thing. Yeah. Like, it just... Mash, what do you... What, what do you I'm sorry, Cam, go ahead. Uh, well, it just it seems like everything goes their way. Like, I, I don't necessarily know what Detroit's thought process was. I mean, it seemed like they had a pretty good thing going. Here's the thing. In Brad Holmes, I trust. Until that man gives me a reason not to trust his decision-making, I'm going to continue saying that man is pulling the bullet. He's the second-best GM in the league behind um, Howie, as far as I'm concerned. Dude is a certified genius who gave us... He's the one who pounded the table for Cup. He's the one who pounded the table for Donald... Um, he, he is, it's noticeable that our drafts fell off when he left. And the lines went up. Yeah. And then they took Jack Campbell at 18. He just seems like 
with the Lions are building. You know, a guy that is going to play hard, go for the football. Yeah. Not afraid to make a tackle. Yeah, I mean, talk about, uh, I mean, draw a comparison between Detroit and Houston, teams that have kind of had, like, plenty of woes. I think there's a lot of stuff to be excited about after, you know, draft weekend. I would agree. And people are talking about that they took a quarterback. They had 45 picks. I don't think it's a bad a bad pick at all by them. No, I mean, you take, know, you're going to take, you're gonna take chances with a couple of those. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying. If you have a lot of draft capital, you, you have the ability to kind of just like, you know, hey, let's, let's you know, do whatever here. Like, they take a flyer on a guy. He doesn't even have to play. Yeah. And they took the tight end that they wanted. Another TJ Hawkinson. Uh, in your opinion, in your guys' opinions, because I, I, I will defer to you guys more on this stuff than myself. I, I mean, I'm not a big personnel guy. I'm more kind of like a you know, football theory type guy. Um, who had the worst draft? Who had the worst draft? The like- worst, yeah. Just going off of you know, you feel like they didn't meet their needs. Uh, too many, too many chances. What, whatever your criteria would be. Vikings. Why so? Let me. I'm pulling up their picks again, real quick. Yep, no problem. But they didn't uh, need another receiver, so that's why they, they took Jordan Addison. I would say Washington for the future. Eh, Washington's probably a pretty good one. Washington picked a corner that should have went in the second round. Washington reaches a lot. Because Washington's just not a good team. Like they, they chose well, they chose Manuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter. Like you're dumb. I mean, that's that's a team that's kind of like without direction. Um, and it seems like it's been that way for a while. I mean, their last, like, wow, what a, what a good pick was. Defensive end. Why can't I think of his name? Chase Young. Oh. Which one? Chase Young? Yeah, Chase Young. I mean, I would say that was probably the last pick that, like, hey, you know, good on you guys for making making this. But that's not even a case because they just declined his fifth-year option. Because he's been injured the entire time. Well, all right, so d- despite that, I think people would On agree. The field, he's good. Right, I mean, I think that, like, his performance, it's not like he's a bum out there. It's just, you know. Well, Jonathan Allen was a good pick. Yeah. I don't know. They- they don't have to pick defensive linemen. They just don't have to pick anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think just Washington just has a lot of problems, just in general. Yeah. I just don't think Ron Rivera is that good of a coach. Because it's not. Um, I now, told, who do you think? Who do you think had the best draft? I was going to say flipping the script. 
Like, I mean, all bias aside, I do think the Steelers had a wonderful draft. Yeah, Steelers had a great draft, but I mean, the winner has to be the Eagles, doesn't it? Those are the I two teams that I heard like very encouraging things about. I don't say see how you say the Eagles didn't. Yeah, I mean, I just <sighs> I keep saying this. It's like everything went their way this draft. Yeah, everything fell to them exactly how they wanted. Yeah, it. And, and it really like, next to no cost to them. Yeah, they traded a fourth rounder next year for Swift, which will probably recoup them before when he leaves, if he leaves. Uh, and if he doesn't, a fourth-round pick for a starting running back, not too bad. Yeah. Um, I forget what they traded. Was it a fifth-rounder next year to move up to grab Carter? I think so. I'm, I'm not I mean, remembering. These are all no-brainer things. They couldn't have wished for a better draft. Yeah. Um, can we use this transition real quick to kind of like talk about our teams? And Kyle mentioned uh, – Pittsburgh having a really good draft. I, I kind of, you know, second that opinion. Uh, bias, of course, but uh, what, Kyle, why don't you take us through the, the Steelers draft? So they, they traded up to the 14 with the Patriots, and Bill Belichick being the asshole he is, only asked for a fourth-round pick because he, didn't want, because he didn't want the Jets to get this guy. So they selected Broderick Jones. Um, apparently that's who the Steelers wanted the entire fucking time. Which I believe. And then Steelers usually know who they're taking in, in round one. Um, then Joey Porter Jr. fell to 31. They took a defensive tackle in Keanu Benton, who been linked to the Steelers since I've been looking at the mock drafts like three months ago. Um, Third round was Darnell. They picked Darnell Washington. Yeah. They say, he calls himself a sixth offensive lineman. I, I think that was a great pick. He felt to him. I, I, they, I don't think they needed a tight end, but he just kept falling. And they were like, all right, we're just going to make this pick. <laughs> and that was great. And the then, saw that it was good. Who did? I said, and the Lord saw that it was good. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. they took uh, Nick Herbig in the fourth round, and then a, a corner and another offensive lineman in the seventh. I like. Did they draft all their needs? Yeah, I was going to say I liked the, the draft because it wasn't it wasn't outlandish. They they cover the stuff they they needed to i mean perhaps like the, the the one like maybe thing that they splurged on would have been the tight end pick perhaps but like to what what souls mentioned about just like being another offensive lineman um i i was very happy i for the first time that i mean and I, i've paid attention for a while and i i only understand you know x y and z but I came away from this draft as a Pittsburgh fan saying, like, I, I thought they did a really good job with a, a new GM in place. And 
you know, taking advantage of the players that were available. I, I was very satisfied as a fan. Well, you probably should have been. Oh, I am, Mass. Um, Matthew, why don't you tell us about the Rams? The Rams had a lot of holes this year. Um, I can think of three positions we didn't. And that was even question marks then. Um, started out the draft with who could widely be considered the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. Um, and then uh, switched gears to draft on the other side of the ball for a defensive end or outside linebacker out of Tennessee. Uh, my father-in-law's alma mater. Go and, volunteers. Go on. Yeah. Um, after that, they decided to make the just... Alright, so I told Kyle this before we went on air and I'll repeat it for the show. Every choice that they've ever made that I've poo-pooed has come back to bite me in the ass and just making fun of me for it being, hey, guess what? This pick that you hated, well, it's an all-pro for you guys. I poo-pooed Todd Gurley when we took the pick. I poo-pooed Aaron Donald when we drafted him. I poo-pooed Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. So I just learned to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I really didn't like the Stenson Bennett pick. But you know what? At the end of at the end of the day, I had to say to myself, you know, he's short, sure, but the dude won two championships in college and actually looked good on the field. He was better than just a bus driver. He actually made plays when it mattered and stuff like that. So, you know what? For a backup who might end up turning into a starter sure take a fourth round flyer on him I don't care well um, we ended up finishing out the draft uh, drafting for the most part offensive line and defensive line just filling the holes we had over there and that was the end of that and you know the, the Rams are in a very unique situation we've covered this on our show for a very long time about you know we talk about like levering, leveraging the the future and this, that, and the other. But th- th- there is a there's something to be said about you know like you're not going to be going into a draft like not having a single pick. It just it's not going to happen. It's about how well, like how you take advantage of the picks that you do have. And I will say for the most part, you know, especially because of all the high profile players that were you know put in exchange for. I don't think the Rams have really ever gone out, you know, especially this year, like in, in really bold a gutter ball. You know what I mean? It, 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 the stuff seemed to kind of make sense. I mean, it was really hard for us if we picked good players for us not to get a good reaction because we had so many needs. Right. But I don't think that we did a lot of reaching, so... Yeah, it, I'm it, happy we're in that as up. It seemed it seemed very appropriate, like the the players picked. Yeah. 
No, Will Levis was from Connecticut. Is he? Yeah, he went to Xavier. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's not far from us at all. No. I, yeah, I, he fell to this second. Huh. I do enjoy, you know, especially on draft day, you know, when the, you know, they're all dressed up and they're, they're on their phone and they're all kind of like pissy because they weren't picked in the top 10 or whatever. I, I just, that just warms my heart. That's kind of fucked up. Well, like, listen, you can just, you know, sit there and, and, and be calm and, you know, he just looked, he looked pissed the entire time. Oh, man. That Keon White dude who got drafted by the Patriots did not look happy. <laughs> He's like, motherfucker, I gotta go play for Bill. <laughs> did you see that, Mass? I'm not exactly sure who we're talking about, but I can imagine it because Patriots aren't winning anymore. It was a second-round pick. They took this defensive end, and he was passed. I don't know if he because he fell or because of who, tra- like, who drafted him. But he was just like, fuck this. <laughs> um, I know we, we sort of touched on it before we went on the air. Uh, how much of the draft did you guys watch? Four. Four rounds worth? Yeah. I just into all seven. How about you, Mass? When you say watch. Well, I guess, I mean, kind of like be present for. All seven rounds. Wow. Good for you. Every single year. Wow. Mass, I, I, I don't know who anybody on day three picked is, but I pay attention. Mass, remember I told you that during the Hermann at 84 pitches through eight innings? Yep. And Yankees were up two nothing. Yep. How quickly yeah, they, did they that lost carry? three two. <laughs> they lost. Yeah, they three lost two. three two. Yep. Yeah. Why does that not surprise me? They're bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big skid they've been on. Well, yeah, they lost the right I've said before. Once if Aaron Judge gets hurt, that offense is done. Yeah, man. which just goes to show that they're probably not the best team. You shouldn't lose one cog and that have a ruinous effect on your entire offense. Yeah, tis a mess. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, another draft uh, in the books. Uh, anything else you guys kind of want to touch on about it? Not specifically about the draft. I love Roger Goodell, though. Yeah, I will say um, his his first round contribution, I think, is worth it. It's a shame that the way that things work, that it's really he's he's like around for like 25 of the picks <laughs> and then like that that's it. Yeah, he, he's there for all of it. No, no. But I guess what I mean is like his presence, like, like even in the first round, you see it. And don't get me wrong, I think this is cool. Like they'll have like specialty presenters come out and, and this that. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, I feel like it's it's really just a handful of picks that like he's involved with, and then he kind of like sinks into the background. 
I love that he accepts the booing. Yeah, he's a good sport. I mean, I, I I don't really have any particular strong opinion either way for Goodell. I mean, I'm more or less indifferent about him, but I, I think he does play a pretty good sport. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we could really deem him as the worst commissioner. I don't think that's fair. No, worst commissioner is Rob Manfred. Hundred percent. He's bad, and that whatever Mock just sent, I want it off my screen. What do we got here? Salmon dill pickle pizza. Whoa! <laughs> I tell you, that doesn't look too good. Is it cream cheese as the base? I I hope not. I don't really know. It it looks rough. It sounds rough. Okay, so its sauce was a random mixture of ranch, dill cream sauce, and some basil in a tube. Mozzarella and a handful of Swiss cheese and sliced grilled dill pickles. Literally none of that. I don't know what Gary cheese is. Oh, it's a... Yeah, that's it. I, I can't yeah, read. Listening to Kyle pronounce stuff that is just not automatically, obviously, American is hilarious. <laughs> I don't like vowels. Yeah, I know, Kyle. It's hilarious. <laughs> Nobody likes Always why. No, sometimes why. <laughs> and, and I get it. Oh, please, I need to put why in there, but it makes no sense. I think the only really example... Well, it's not true. Part of a rhythm nation. <laughs> there we what? go. I'm sorry, I'm lip sync battle with LL Cool J once. Is that show still on? Funny, Kyle. I don't. Big Birch was pretty cool. <laughs> what is pretty cool? Best thing you about that show was the Tom Holland bit. Tom Holland was good. Did Umbrella. And dressed up as Rihanna while he did it. Man, what did Big Bird do? I know, but you're a big fan of it. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. I can picture the song, but I can't like put it together. It, it, I don't think it was happy. I mean, that would be kind of on par for a you know children's character. You know, John Legend's kid was there. I mean, that's a pretty non-offensive song. Which song? Happy. Wow. Well, that was Pharrell's song. It is. But uh, John Legend's married to the girl on that show. Chrissy Teigen. Man, I sound like my dad. Why? There's just like no celebrity things. Yeah, your dad watches TMZ. He watches E too. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Every night. My God. Mario Lopez, baby. That is. That is. I, I mean, I knew the TMZ thing forever. I didn't know that. Yeah. You. I also catch him watching. Uh, 
the view sometimes as well. Uh, your dad watches some bad TV. <laughs> yes, he does. That guy needs an intervention, <laughs> a media intervention. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's I've a, seen him. I've seen him watching Ellen. God, that this is just upsetting to hear. I don't want to hear anymore. Oh. So I was thinking, uh, you know, over the weekend, just about this, this stuff, just like stuff that like I do, and I was curious about what what you guys might do. Um, just petty things in your life that uh, that you do to other people, just for whatever reason, and it's um, it's, it's time to come clean about your pettiness. I, I want to know about it. Um, I can start things off. Um, I'm a very, very petty driver, big time. Yeah, we know that. Uh, I know I, that from experience. Uh, you've witnessed, you know, I mean, road rage aside, because I can't, I mean, that in general is something I can't control. I go absolutely ballistic in, like, any any situation. And, and the thing for me is, like, I don't need to drive fast. I don't care. I mean, I, I'm the guy who wants to go between 65 and 70 miles an hour. That's all I really care about. What I want is I want my own little space to kind of just do my thing and not just be bothered by anybody. And I just can't have that. Everyone is out to get me. And like, I, I, I just, I, I can't, uh, I just can't cope with it. I mean, just talking about it right now, I'm getting all fired up. Um, and there's not like a day that goes by that something ridiculous isn't freaking happening to me. Um, hey, calm down, dude. Uh, but like a, a great example is like, I'll be driving, uh, you know, we'll take... 95, 91 in Connecticut. Those are pretty good examples. Uh, Three-lane highway. Now, back in the day growing up, the, the lane, the rightmost lane was the slow lane. Then the, the middle lane was, you know, f- faster. And then the leftmost was kind of the passing lane. At some point in our lifetime, that changed. And, it, it, and there's even signs to prove it that the left lane is kind of like the travel lane and, and left and right you can you can pass on either side. Now, that is really only applicable to the three lane highway. Somewhere they got you know switched over to any highway that has two lanes that you can just pass from wherever. Mm-hmm. So, an example: if I get passed on the right right side, so I'm like I'm already like if I'm in the left lane, that means I'm going faster than seventy miles an hour. Because you have to, just in general, you have to. If I'm getting passed in the right in the right lane then what I'm doing is I'm racing ahead to get ahead of that person because they're wrong. So I will go out of my way. And I I have documented, I have gone like four or five additional exits out of my way to get ahead of somebody, to get ahead of them because they, they passed me on the wrong side. That is pretty petty. If somebody takes a long time in the drive through I'll put extra of what they don't want on it. That's pretty funny. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> I, I I like that a lot. That that is that is a. <laughs> so that's like if you were taking forever in the drive through, you would put extra mayo on your burger. Correct. Oh my god, that's funny. As long as they say there's no allergy a part of it, they're getting extra pickle and onion. I mean, actually, it just makes you sound like a dick. Like, <laughs> then they're like, "Hey, I said no." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> you can go around again. Hey. Have Don't you ever? Take so long next time. 
have you ever made somebody just like, let's say someone right out of the gate is kind of like like a, being a pain at the drive through. Do you make them like go and park for a long time? I park them. Yeah. Not for a long time, but I park them. They want fries, no salt. They're getting salt on those fries. <laughs> I mean, that. I mean, that's pretty petty. I like that. Massey. So if somebody pisses me off at work, generally what I'll do is I'll turn their emails off for a period or two until they come tell me. And it's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Basically, I'll make their machine stop working for two periods until and generally just the people I don't like. If somebody's having a bad day, whatever, but somebody who's consistently rude, yeah, I'll shut your stuff off for two periods and just let you come down freaking out why it's not working. And I can see when they're coming into my office, so I'll reactivate it as they're walking down the hallway. And they'll get here and be like, look, it doesn't work. And it'll work right in front of me without me having literally done anything. They'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Hilarious. That's probably as petty as I get at work. And Kendall wants to go pee. Did we lose Kendall again? He wants to go pee. All right, well, Kyle, I'll entertain the people with how you got your first car. I'm back. Yay. I uh, I planned ahead. I mean, not really. Well, I mean, from our, our draft day, uh, our fantasy football draft day, we uh, I created the pee bucket. So I, you know, now I'm doing the shows down the basement. I created a similar situation. This you have called, a pee bucket? This is called the pee bottle. And uh, for those... You know, keeping track at home, I just urinated uh, 17 ounces. You got a problem. What, because I'm urinating? You have to put bathroom upstairs. Yeah, but look, then I didn't have to... Bra- all, all I did was I, I muted my microphone so no one heard me, you know, urinating. Did my business, and now I'm, right, I'm back. Not even, didn't even, like, you know, skip a beat. We are a part of a rhythm nation. Yeah, there we go. Um, another thing I I do that's fairly petty in my uh, in my own home personal life, um, you know, because Re- Rebecca um, is the type of person that you know she she just needs to have a snack, you know, the, a, a dessert to you know cap off the day, and that's fine. She's entitled to. She's allowed, but I don't always want a snack. Like, I don't always need to have, like, a, a bowl of ice cream or whatever. So, um, a lot of times, um, I'll be like, okay, yeah, you can, you can have that. And then, like, I'll, you know, offer to, you know, to get the snack or whatever. And then um, I'll, I'll go out to the kitchen and be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to actually have the snack, too. So, uh, I'll have this. I'll get the milk and you get the snack. And then I run and get the milk and go sit back down. <laughs> that way she has to get her own snack I enjoy it a lot Does she get mad at you? Um, she, I don't know if she's caught on to it <laughs> and Just like at the very last minute Like you know what I, I am going to have a snack with you But um, hey l- let me go get the milk <laughs> Are you in that almond milk kit kid? Nah, I'm, I'm, come on. 
Regular cow milk, baby. That's it. Whole milk or strawberry milk? I did some research. I I, I still haven't found like a strawberry milk besides an Nesquik. There's a Hershey one. There really? Is a Hershey one. I don't know the Hershey one. Yeah, there's a Hershey one. Guidus. Didn't know they had a strawberry either. I mean, that's kind of like a Connecticut company. Ish. Yeah. Dude, I got strawberry milk all the time for lunch. What, from high school? Yeah. I don't remember them even being an option. Yeah, it was the pink. It was pink and white. I mean, I, I get what the color scheme would be for strawberry milk. Like, it, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised. Like, oh, wow, it's black and yellow. Steeler colors. <laughs> I mean, it's just saying. But wait, did, did it it's come? A thing. Did it come in a little, like, carton? Like the... Yeah. I had it, like, every day. All right. I need a photo sent to this this Discord chat. I need to see it, or or the or our or our group chat. Either way, I need I need visual evidence. Guidus strawberry milk. Yeah, that I gotta see that. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't turn away the Hershey's either. I don't want to see that one because I think of all the places like the Nesquik is the only thing that comes to mind because they have their. They have their vanilla milk, you know, obviously the chocolate milk. But I just can't, I can't picture anything else. Like, I'm, I'm, they change, did they change the logo on this fucking thing? There's a cotton candy milk. That's terrible. That's that's horrible. Cotton candy. This is strawberry true moo. Really? No, I'm just kidding about that one. <laughs> Can't stop going back to this cherry cotton candy milk. Yeah, that's rough. I hate anything cherry. And like, all right, I got something for you guys. All right. What's your least favorite? One more time, you kind of cut out there. What's your least favorite flavor? In like regards to what? Just in general, like what's the one flavor that you like? What'd you say, Mess? Black licorice, hands down. So I I agree, black licorice is terrible, but I can't really think of outside of just like the candy black licorice. What other things in general? I hate black licorice. That is my least favorite flavor okay. of anything. Fair. That's fair. Um, I asked him for specificity, specificity first. That's fair. I'm going with cherry. It's also, all things cherry. You both are just objectively wrong. Dude, it just tastes like fucking cough syrup. No, it doesn't. Cherry tastes good. No, it does not. Um, I would say, like... As the Jerry f- Garcia is a top. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. Top five Ben and Jerry's flavor. My, I changed my mind. Anything banana flavor. Kyle, you, you beat me to the punch. I was gonna say like in general, like I do like to eat the bananas as as a fruit, but anything, but, yeah. <laughs> like the, the laffy taffy was like the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, bananas pretty rough. I, I just, like <laughs> banana, like the <laughs> banana milk that Nesquik came out with. 
What? Kyle's just all over the place with these milks. Yeah, I haven't heard of half of these. <laughs> Dude, it's rough. And who's that for? <laughs> People that like banana. I, I mean, yeah. my God. All I know is I don't want to be friends with those people. It's like, oh, you know, I got to get my banana fix. Good thing Nesquik came out with this banana slurry for me to have. Oh, it's horrible. Just go to, just go to the fucking gas station, right? Yeah. Go to the, like, the milk section. You'll see it. But I mean, like, even like, so I, I, I still go to like a lot of gas stations and whatnot, and I, I even like using a, like sheets as an example. I don't think I've ever seen any of these flavors. Dude, how often do you look at the milk? I, I do a Not pretty. Often. I mean, I do a pretty thorough search. Like I'm, I, I'm in there. There's no way, dude. You, you you go to the soda, the the Gatorade, the juice aisle, and that's it. You stop looking. I, I, listen, I, I'm a scanner. I, I I'm paying attention. I got my my eye eye to if the fridge. If you were paying attention, you'd know about these flavors. I, I disagree. That's there, Kendall. I disagree. I mean, like, all right, strawberry, I will concede to, all right, strawberry is pretty regular. But I, I, I just, I can't sit here and, and agree that, oh, banana milk is just everywhere. There's no way. Dude, yes, it is. <laughs> I don't, it's Nesquik. Kendall on this one. I know I've heard of it, but I'm with Kendall on this one. It's not everywhere. Okay, but if you've seen Nesquik, it's probably there. And is it only available, like, in the, I don't know, what are they coming, like, the... Only in Wallingford. <laughs> like, the little, con- the little containers, what, they're, like, 12 ounces, maybe? Yes. It's the Riddler. Hey, sorry, guys. Hey, no problem. I had some, uh, some prior engagements that went way longer than I anticipated. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yeah. So I, I didn't. I figured I would just hop on for the end. I didn't know how much longer you guys had. I saw you had some technical difficulties. Yeah, it was gr- it was great. Like you know, Audacity shut down entirely. Discord. We got another hour out. to go, Paul. What was that? We got another hour to go. All right. Well, I'm here for it. Well, hey, I can give you your Riddler ranking. All right. And you can think about it. Um, so this is uh, pick five out of six. And for you, I chose uh, Lupe Fiasco albums. So right. um, you can go right off the cuff if you want to think about it and write it down. It's up to you. Um, I'll go off the cuff. All right. So uh, basically, I just took took the, the first ones in a row. So Lupe Fiasco is Food and Liquor, The yeah. Cool, Lasers, Food and Liquor Part 2, The Great American Rap Album, uh, Tetsuo and Youth, and uh, Drogas Light. All right, so we're going to eliminate Drogas Light. And please provide some reasoning. It, it's, so Lupe Fiasco, I love him a whole lot. He's my favorite hip-hop artist. But he, he he's a very uh, alternative-minded individual who has used his platform to become more and more political and not from a standpoint of, like, just like, a, you know, race and whatever. Like, you, you know, like you see a lot of the hip-hop artists got, like, racial problems and stuff. Like, it's a lot of, like how we're treating Muslim immigrants and like political offices and stuff. Like it's just, it's, a little, it's just too much. So for the same reason, I'm going to put, uh, just do a youth at five, just cause that's kind of like when that really started to hit home. Uh, I'm going to go lasers for food and lasers, lasers and four. You heard it here first folks. 
Yeah, lasers at four. Food and liquor. Part two at three. Food and liquor at two, and then the cool at one. The cool is the best album. It's produced one of the best hip hop beats of all time, and hip hop saved my life. Um, I really like the whole random thing that he's got going with um uh that girl i can't remember her name but um like doing like the random like slam poetry kind of things mm-hmm. in between he does the um uh superstar i think is his, superstar is probably his best single of all time i don't i don't i don't have the stats to back that up but superstar might be his most successful single of all time with my guess would be Kick Push Two, and then Superstar Three would be my guess. I think but, that's um, that's pretty fair. Uh, but Paris Tokyo is a real like mellow, like very slow R and B type song. It's very good. Um, Dumb it down, I thought was a really good song. Um, and then like just like they have like other ones like he has High Definition, which is with Snoop Dogg, very underrated. Um, Little Weapon with Nikki Jean and uh, Bishop G were really, is a really good song. Um, I forgot about that song. And then there's the, the, the last song, which I always think is super forgotten about is, um, go baby, which is a nice, real upbeat song. That's why I would have it at one food and liquor would be two from a nostalgic standpoint. His first album kick push was just a real cool song. I remember way, way back there was there, I believe it's still in circulation. But there's a magazine, basketball magazine called slam. And they're most notable for their influence in the kicks industry, the sneakers, sneakerhead world. Um, they would come out with an, an issue every year that would be called kicks instead of slams. And it would highlight all of the, you know, basketball shoes, both players uh, endorsed and not sneakers um, that were great that year. You know what the current market was for old like, and this is dating back to like when we were in middle school, I used to get this magazine in the mail this is way before the big sneakerhead like influx of today that you get from like the uh, Kyle, what's the name of that guy in the NBA that's like kind of an average player, but just has all the most crazy kicks of all time. PJ Tucker. Yeah. PJ Tucker. Yeah. Like before players like PJ Tucker were around like PJ Tucker is probably around our age. I would imagine he's got to be what, maybe early thirties. Got you right now. (laughs) So he might, might even be in his late twenties. Oh, is he 37? Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. But still, I mean, seven years older than us. So that means that, you know, if I was reading that magazine in sixth grade, he was just out of high school. So like, you know, big influence, you know, that, you know, that was kind of like, you know, like, I don't know if you remember that Nelly song, except on my J's. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So the slam magazine used to do this cool thing where every month they would take a hip hop artist and compare them to an NBA player. And I remember there was one year, the, the the month that Kick Push came out as a single, they compared Lupe Fiasco to Carmelo Anthony. And the reason for it was because when Carmelo Anthony came out into the league very early on in his career, he started investing his money that he was making into like more obscure things. Like the And the biggest one being buying major, uh, major um, investment in a F1 race team. 
which is just like an, was an obscure, especially at the time. Like now you see like the LeBron James and all these players like doing the, the pickleball tournaments and all this stuff. But like back then, that was it was way more obscure for someone to be out of the basketball realm. And so and then obviously Lupe Fiasco was a hip hop star in the early 2000s that was, you know, prevalent in skateboarding, which, you know, there just wasn't. Of a huge plethora of well-known African-American right. skateboarders. I mean, if you played the Tony Hawk games, there was the one guy, Kareem Campbell, but, you know. Lil Wayne. Well, this was before Lil Wayne, though. This was, like, this was, like, when Lil Wayne was, like, the Carter one when he was doing, like, Go DJ and was, like, Manny Fresh's, like, hype man, basically. Um, this was way before Lil Wayne, like, blew up into what he was. So that... I thought that was cool. He was like a very obscure, different style rapper. Um, even though it's not part of it, I think the extended version of Kick Push has touched the sky on it with Kanye West. Even though he's a feature, that was still like his blow up in the the recorded industry. Food and Liquor too, just because I think it has a lot of great singles on it. Um, Bitch Bad, Lamborghini Angels, Battle Scars. There was a lot of real good hit singles on that, um, and a couple other. Um, Audubon Ballroom, Ballroom's a really good song. I like the lyrics. Um, he's a very meaningful, soulful rapper, much like Common, not an uncommon thing you get from the Chicagoland area. You know, most people are going to slap the Kanye West tag on that stuff, but you forget, you know, Common, you get Lupe Fiasco, you know, Twista, who even though was Twista kind of had more of like a gangster about him, like the, the raps were so more soulful and lyrical, like with all the, the slow R&B type beats that he would kind of do his twisting over and then you know you have the other guys that have come out of there over the years too like you know chance the rapper has you know a more soulful style approach to today's rap um and then lasers Terry got a gun he got from the store he with the money he got from the store sorry now that's <laughs> in my head yeah it's a little weapon yeah that's on the cool uh, I put Lasers fourth. I know that was a surprise to Matt. I think I think Lasers was Massey's introduction to Lupe Fiasco, if I remember correctly. More I, or less, I think so. Mass, can you confirm? He's uh, he's I believe he's still cooking. I can, but I was washing dishes. Yes, that was my first introduction. Because I remember it was our freshman year of college. Massey was one of the first few people that you know that was able to get a car on campus, and I used to take his car to go to bowling class. And yep. um, I would put the I, I put the lasers the lasers album in his CD player, and I just left it in there for him to listen to on rides to and from home. I remember Massey got very attached to the uh, bo uh, the uh, Morgan Freeman song um, "Bombs Away," I believe. Yeah. Um, lasers was really good though. I mean, it had you know, uh, uh, the hell's the song? I just the show goes on. One of his like better singles. Um, there's a whole lot of really good more lesser known pieces on there and then yeah just to own just because it kind of started getting a little bit more political i just i think that there were better i think there was better tracks on there than than drogas yeah no that's fair i mean i i like you listen it's kind of sort of what yep. i anticipated um i almost gave you just singles but i thought about it for a while i was like well Paul's kind of more of an, he's like an, an album guy. He, he came up in like the era, well, we all did, the era where like like you bought a, you bought a CD from the store and like you, you're in it for the, the, the long haul. And there's a, a lot of good songs in there. So I was like, you know what, let's flip the script a little bit and take a, a bigger grab at it. So switch yeah, it to I will say I will say that uh, Testuo and Youth, or sorry, uh, 
Yeah, Tetsuo and Youth. Um, I believe that's the album that has the song um, that had the, the was supposed to have the song Mission on it, which ended up not being on it. Ended up just kind of being like a single thing. That song was like a very uh, emotional song for me because that song came out about a year before um, I lost my mom and it was an entire song about um, like cancer. Mm-hmm. Common was on that song and there was somebody else on it and I can't remember who it was. Um, but that was, a, but um, Kendall, you like the song on there. Um, Chopper. Yeah. Big fan. That's, that's that really long song. It's 10 minutes long. It's got Billy blue, uh, Buck of Psychodrama, which nobody knows, but it's got Trouble, Trey the Truth, Family, and Glasses Malone. Holy shit, the Sixers one. Sorry. No, fun. So there you go. That's it. I like it. Oh, the other thing, the thing, other note thing that I really do like about it is uh, Lupe Fiasco, when he finds, like, more unknown artists, he, even though he was kind of always a, like, lesser entity in the hip-hop industry... He kind of paid it forward, like what Kanye West did for him to bring him to kind of like superstardom. Mm-hmm. And I won't even say superstardom to stardom. He kind of did the same thing. So like if you if you go back and you look through all of his albums, you'll see there's a female named Nikki Jean. She's pretty much on all of his albums instead of using like big names for the, you know, because a lot of like rappers will use like a, a larger known female artist, like a, like a, um, like a Rihanna. No, not even, yeah, like Rihanna, but like for like Lupe that wouldn't work, but like like a Mary J. Blige, like a more soulful R and B girl. Sure. And like but he like never did that. He just kind of stuck his guns to the Nicky Jean worlds, and I always thought that was kind of cool. And then Matthew Santos, the guy that was on Superstar, that did the lyrics for Superstar, same kind of thing. He was on a lot of um as like the male backup vocal, the more singing stuff. So Yeah, he's a he's a, a good pay it forward guy. I like that. It's a good good way to put it. All right, there you go. I hope that was uh, in-depth enough for you, Reed. It was. It was. I, I enjoyed that. Um, um, hey, I was hoping to uh, get a trivia question from you, if, if possible. Um, uh, I do have a trivia question for you. We're bringing, um, we're bringing, back, bringing back shot trivia, just just for, for me and Paul for right now. <laughs> if anyone wants to participate, they're more than welcome. But I know that there's uh, certain folks that don't like to do uh, shots on the show. And the new stipulation is, if I get it wrong... Or if it, you get it wrong, you do the shot. If you get it right, you store it away until you get it wrong, and then you have to do it, you know, at a later date. Let me do my um my toast of excellence. Of course, quick. of course. Um, I forget the guy's name already that I dibbed. Um, I think it was Taylor Trammell. Yep. So Taylor Trammell is a, a Mariners player, I believe. Mariners. Mariners player. Um, He had his first at bat of the season the other day, and uh, he took – I think he fouled off the first pitch and then hit a grand slam in his first at-bat. Pretty cool. Nowhere to go but down. Yeah, right? I mean, so that – and then my other toast of excellence also baseball-related was two – so I have three. I'm not sure if one – you can on the third one you can stop me, but – the second one, despite the struggling and just quite abysmal performance by the Chicago White Sox so far this MLB season, um, you know, there, there's there's very few things in, in in the game of baseball as exciting 
as like a true rally from a from a struggling team down multiple runs in the bottom of the ninth like you know especially in the when it's the bottom of the ninth when it's the home half and the team and the fans have kind of made their ways for the exits your team's underperforming and they're just really they put on a show at the end um the white Sox were uh on pace i think to lose like 10 straight or something like that or whatever but they were facing the rays at home they were down nine to five in the bottom of the ninth um, and they just kind of put on a singles expo to get them back to even nine to nine in the bottom of the ninth. And then Andrew Vaughn hit a three run walk off on a, a slider real low and inside and just just ripped it down into the left field bleachers to cap a technically a four run comeback, but a seven run bottom of the ninth walk off, which is just, you know, it's cool. You know, it's like the, it's one of those types of things, you know. I, I'm a huge sucker for the the end of an inning type of thing, where like a team end of the game where a team is chipping away with base hits. You know, it's not the other team committing errors and giving it away. It's not you know, you know, it's not two bad pitches that resulted in you know six runs on two home runs. You know what I mean? Like right. a couple bloop, you know, like a bloop single with a stolen base and a and a bun. You know what I mean? Like it was all just. It was singles, you know, hit into the the perfect spots where there were gaps in the in the outfield or in the infield, and then just capped it off with a blast. I thought it was just always poetic to see that. Big big fan, and I, the thing I liked about it is no big names were involved. Luis oh. Robert was benched, quote unquote, for hamstring problems, but the previous game he had been benched for basically trying to basically walking to first base and not hustling on a ball that he he had a chance to beat out. Um, not no Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson's hurt. Like none of the bigger names on the team, despite the disappointment that you know have kind of been playing okay. You know, it was it was all the guys that you wouldn't expect to be able to keep a rally like that alive. Mm-hmm. So, and then my last one was if anyone did anyone toast Steph. Nope. <clears throat> so Steph Curry just becoming the first player in NBA history to drop fifty points in a game seven. Yeah, he you balled know, up. Man. Yeah, the guy's pretty good. I mean, Steph Curry's no joke. You know, he's probably he, he he could he could make the argument for a top ten NBA player of all time. You know, he's definitely Steph earned. Steph is inevitable, huh? Steph is inevitable. Yeah, you know, Steph has earned himself the conversation piece for being a top ten player all time. He's definitely top ten in influential players. He's top ten in the way the game is molded around his craft. You know, but you know, regardless of how good you are. When, when you're playing in a league that has housed the names of LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, to do something that none of those guys have ever done before, you know, not to mention all the just random people that have ever been in Game 7s that, you know, could do anything like that. I mean, Kyle, how many times have we seen a, just one guy go off and save a, a team from disaster? I mean, it could be anybody, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just that's a, good for him. Kudos to him. Uh, Paul, we also introduced uh, this week um, best thing that happened to you this weekend. Um, I don't know if you had something in mind that you wanted to share, or uh, or if, if nothing nothing happened at all, that, that that's cool too. Kyle said he had nothing to share. <laughs> um, so what I'll say is I had a very uh, it was up up where we live in Connecticut. It was a it was pretty much a washout weekend. Um, Saturday was pretty much just poured all day. Sunday didn't really rain a whole lot, but it had downpoured all night Saturday, so it kind of just made outside just 
wet and saturated and there was no sun on Sunday and it was a little windy. So it was kind of chilly. So there really wasn't a lot going on. So really the, that the, the was kind of like the best thing that happened. Cause me and the, me and the girls just kind of had a, a stay at home weekend and we just kind of, we just spent the weekend as a fam, you know, we just, we, mm-hmm. we, we pulled the bed out and put it in the living room and had like a, you know, like a camp out in the living room night. You know, we played in the rain you know, and, and, and funny, like, Halloween, Amelia's old Halloween costumes and stuff. And just, you know, we just had, like, a real good, like, family weekend, something that, we you know, we really needed that, you know. That's good. It was kind of, like, one of the better weekends I really had in a long time. Well, we are all of that age where it seems like, you know, you go from weekend to weekend, like, oh, well, is this on Saturday? And then is this Saturday night? And then, oh, Sunday around, you know, 2, we got to go do this. So, yeah. So you know, it just things things get away from me in the real world, and you you forget you uh, you know not to get overly emotional or anything like that, but you uh, you tend to forget how important those those things that you take for granted every day are, like seeing your spouse or your kid. You know, Kendall. I mean, you just brought one into the world, so it's obviously still very prevalent for you. But you know, as as life will go on, you know, you'll you'll come home from work on days and won't have the energy to to pretend to play school or you know, play doctor or whatever, you know, or whatever the thing is. And it just kind of... Kendall doesn't have to play doctor. He is a doctor. Kendall is a doctor. I always forget that you are a registered doctor. I mean, a lot of people forget. It is not brought up nearly enough. So. All right, I have your... Trivia question. All right. Shot trivia. Wade, Wade 2K23. Boggs. Wade Boggs is the answer. <laughs> I'd like to submit Wade Boggs, Kyle's suggestion. All right. There. Okay, here we go. Okay, so that on the 2015... Uh, San Diego Chargers, there were five players that rushed for double-digit yards or more Okay. on the season. I need you – I, you know all I, – I believe you know all five of them, but I'll, I'll say give me four of the five. Does that constitute for a trivia question? Yeah. Or are you right. for more, That's like it. Like a straight-up answer. No, I mean whatever, whatever you want. I can wanna... answer that question. Oh, see, now I want Massey to say it. <laughs> Massey can answer it. You, here's the thing: I think in this type of situation, Kendall, the 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 punishment, the result still falls on you, but you can pass the pass it along to somebody else to answer if you want. Okay. Kendall, how about I give you a celebrity shot if you need help? All right. Well, you know, I I I, I kind of like that aspect, um, and you know, like. I, I, I'm or like curious. This is maybe like a like a teamwork thing. Like you know, like you and Massey could do it together as a team. And if you if you if you get it wrong, you you both suffer the punishment kind of thing. Like it's doubled up on the punishment, but not necessarily the question asker. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I'll accept that. I was just impressed by how confident and like and how fast he had that at the ready. That's yeah, why no, that's I've... the first year I really started paying attention, so I know where to start drawing my knowledge from. All right, well then, hey, let's 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 roll with it then. All right, you go ahead and I'll jump in when you need to. All right, so was asked to you, but 
four, we need four to five guys on the 2015 Chargers who rushed on the season for double digit yards. Oh. Yep. Can I ask one question for clarification? Sure. You said players, not running backs, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. So just, I, I, I feel just by chance that like Philip Rivers would have had to have like, we'll call it, at least 10 yards on the season rushing. I know he's not known for his yeah. legs, but he, he has to That's have it probably like his uh, enough rushing to kind of make it on yeah. that list. Quarterback sneaks, everything like that. Yeah. I'll definitely have had. So let's, let's get him in there. Um, in 2015, um, would that, would, would that have been Ryan Matthews or am I getting my years? I don't know if he was an Eagle at the time. Or if you're still a Charger. That's I don't I don't Ryan remember. Matthews? Yeah. I don't think Ryan Matthews was on the Chargers at that point. Okay. Then we'll we'll omit him. Because I'm not super confident on that either. Um, there was a really bad trade involving him once. <laughs> so in twenty fifteen, would that have been like the Melvin Gordon beginning of his career? Yes, it would be. Alright, so let's throw him in that in that mix. Um we know Sproles would have been gone at that point. Uh, Darren Shopper. You know it's funny. Like if, if you go back, if you go back and look at the history from 2000 to now, there are two teams that you can really look at from the running back position, and you can just go, how have they not had more success with just the the list of running backs that have played for them? Yeah, and one of them is the Chargers. One of them is the Chargers. I mean, you obviously know the Ladanian Tomlinsons, but there's like the Melvin Gordon, which you guys just said, the Darren Sproles, who's Darren Sproles has played there. There's other there's a couple guys on this list that, you know, Austin Eckler. Ouches. Um Austin Eckler. And then the, the other one is the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. People forget like was Chris Ivory a, a huge guy? No, but Chris Ivory was a guy that was gonna always get the job done. Uh, Reggie Bush. Michael Thomas. Or, Chris um, Ivory was a Walmart version of Frank Gore. Do you need five yards? You're going to get three. Do you need one yard? You're going to get three. They had Darren Sproles. They had fucking what's his name there? The guy that was the Mark Ingram. They had um. I mean the 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 Saints have had so many backs that have just been serviceable, great running backs, and uh, for what they were used for, you right, just. Right. It's a, it's a amazing. I mean, at least the, the Saints were able to squeeze a Super Bowl out of it somewhere. Right. right. So, all right. So you I got. I don't Mel- even know who the starting running back was from the Saints at that time. Was it Bush? No, when they won in the 2015? 2015, 2011. Was it? Was it Ingram? Pierre Thomas was the running back. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about Pierre Thomas. Reggie Bush, I think, was out of New Orleans. In like 2010, he's only there for like four years. Mm. I, I, Reggie Bush might have been on the roster, but he did. I know he didn't play in the Super Bowl. He was on the team. I don't think he played in the Super Bowl, did he? I don't remember. Unless that was the year he tore his ACL or something. Yeah. Because he was definitely a big part of that team. The year that the Bears lost to the Packers. In the NFC Championship game, where the Packers went on to beat the Steelers, what year was that? 2010. 2011. 2011. So that was was that before or after the Saints Super Bowl? After. Okay, so then Reggie Bush was a Saint because Reggie Bush, I remember because that was the year Kendall. We always make the joke about it. Reggie Bush ran 
for like a 45-yard touchdown against the Bears in that playoffs when they were down double digits and did a front flip into the end zone and ended up getting fined like $60,000 for yeah. yeah, he was on the team. I'm looking at the roster now. Yeah, okay. So Reggie Bush. Actually, say four years for Reggie Bush doesn't sound right. All right, back to the question. Back okay. So I got a guy in mind. Um, he was kind of a stocky guy. He ended up going to the Panthers. You're, yep, you're on the right track. Um, I just can't think of his name. Um, Tolbert. I don't know. Mike I Tolbert. Nope, not who I was thinking of. Hold on. Um, that's that's I think could have been in that era. I I don't know you for know, sure because I think it's like, like a big gap. Real real quick, I'm gonna give you guys uh, the benefit of the doubt. Um, the, the, so it actually turns out I didn't scroll down. There's actually six guys that have done it that did it that year. One of them only rushed for one one time for 13 yards. So I don't think you're gonna say them. But if you do say it, I'll, I'll give it to you. All right. Uh, so uh, Kendall, still... he was not on that team, I don't think. Okay. Um, let me think for a second. I'm going to quickly urine again. I'm going to mute my microphone so you guys don't hear it. <laughs> so just give me one Very second. <laughs> oh, are we, are we so deep? I thought he was going towards somebody who came from the Patriots when he said that. Because um, that's where I thought he was going. Really short, stocky guy. Uh, one of my favorite player names of all time. I mean, you can say it. One, Daniel Woodhead. Yeah. Yep, Danny Woodhead's on that list. Yep. So there's two more. There, there's technically three more names, but you only, and you only, we need, only need two of them. Huh? We only need two more of them? No, you only need one, because I, I said four. We of, need one. I said four or five. I didn't realize there was a sixth guy. But like I said, the sixth guy, I'd be super surprised if either of you ever got it, because he finished once for 13 yards. Do, do you know the name? No, I, I don't know who that guy is. Okay. Well, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I've heard the name, but he's, like, irrelevant. Like, okay. I, know it, I, I know it just from being a gross person who's watched too much football in their life. Football, yeah. But if you said this to some random fan on the street, they'll have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, because of current company, I know Kyle would know the name. <laughs> Well, Kyle is also somebody who has spent a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, I, I don't talk too much. Feel like Kyle's more likely to know the name because he's an AFC guy. Like, he played in the AFC, which gotcha. means Kyle would have seen him at least once. So I heard Danny Woodhead um, through the headphones there. Uh, just a quick update. I have, like, over, it's got to be, like, 40 ounces of urine in this bottle. Nice. That's actually pretty impressive. Why aren't you just peeing in the bucket? I gotta reset up the bucket. Rookie move, I know. Bucket doesn't flush either. At least I can put a cap on this. Okay, so I'm sorry. How many more do I need? You just need one. One more. Sorry. Um. I wonder. What re- like what receiver could possibly fit that criteria? I don't think it was a receiver. This is a name that I don't know why I know, but I know he was there. Hmm. And this is a running back. Um. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> um. 
is Kyle done for the night? Do we decide? I don't know. Okay. Um. You know, maybe I'm. I'm questioning myself now. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think of wide receivers. Um. Paul, how many strikes do we get? Uh, I'll give you three. Okay. There might be too many, but. Well, listen. Well, let's let's do. Let's do one strike. We get one one strike, and then once we're wrong, right. that's it. All right, one strike. All right, so I don't think it would have been a guy like – so in 2015, Vincent Jackson, I think, was probably out of there, right? Yeah, he was with the Bucks by that point. Um, Keenan Allen would have been there. Right. Yes, he was 2013. So – 2015 was one of the few years where you had Keenan Allen and Antonio Gates together. Yeah. So there, yeah. there is a slim chance. I don't think it is that Allen could have been the guy because he was more down the field. But I think there's when you're a younger receiver, they kind of toy around with, hey, let's run an end around, you know, this and that. Um, but the Chargers were never the team to do that, though. I just, I, I think maybe not him, but like, like a, a secondary receiver uh so here's the thing this is the thing that i'm going to tell you i'm thinking of a running back for whatever reason that went to yukon and i can't get that out of my head and i don't know the name um was it the same guy who was on the colts i i couldn't tell you his last name was something brown i think I don't know, Ken. That's that's where my knowledge ends. That's before my time. There was a guy. I think his name was Donald Brown. He was a running back on the Colts, but I don't remember when that was. I but I'm I'm fairly certain he he played in UConn. Um, did he play for the Chargers? I don't know. I I would have said no, but I can't think of anybody else who played for UConn that's and was bad. a running back. Then maybe I'm wrong. Uh, what about a guy like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Jared Guyton. Oh my God. Was it Jared Guyton or Darius Guyton? Uh, I just know Guyton. I don't know. I can't remember what his first name was. I don't want to say it was Darius, but I'm not under sure. Certainly not sure enough to say, nope, it was not. All right, well, I guess to, to move things along, um, let's say Guyton, I guess. Yeah, let's say Guyton. Incorrect. All right. Good waste. Good yeah. waste. Hmm. I wonder which wide receiver it was. <laughs> oh, man. Give you this. They're, of the three names remaining, two are running backs, one is a wide receiver. All right. Can you tell us which one is the no name? Which one's the name that you most likely wouldn't know? Yeah. The receiver. All right. Okay, so it's a running back. It's not Keenan Allen. (laughs) Well-known running back, Keenan Allen. 
All right, so quick recap. What are the ones we have so far? You have Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead, and Phillip Rivers. Okay. I don't know, Mass. I, I something about Mike Tolbert is is really sure, go really, for it. really resonating with me. I don't think that's true, but go for it. I, I I'm really, I, I'm out of ideas. So uh, we're gonna go, Mike Tolbert. Incorrect. Damn. The so Kendall, I know you know this name, Massey. I don't know if you do or not, but the wide receiver that I missed was Javante Herndon. <laughs> He played eight games in the NFL. Kendall, I know you know who that yeah, is. Yeah, I would have never guessed that a billion years. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the two running backs were Brandon Oliver. Oh, man. And UConn alumni Donald Brown. Shut God up, bitch. <laughs> uh, damn and it. So Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead, Donald Brown, Brandon Oliver, Philip Rivers, Javante Herndon. David Johnson, the tight end, not the running back, and Kellen Clement, backup quarterback. Who they oh were? My God, they were not. They were just kneel downs. Um, all logged a total of three hundred and ninety-three attempts of three hundred and ninety-three attempted rushes. You know, keep in mind some of those are QB sneaks for first downs and whatever. But of three ninety-three yeah. attempted rushes on the season, the two thousand and fifteen San Diego Chargers had four rushing touchdowns. Wow. Oh my God! And one of them was by Donald Brown, and it was a fifty-three yard rushing touchdown. Man, I can't. I could have sworn that he was like a, a one-off guy played for the Colts. I, I I can't believe I didn't remember. Donald Donald Brown had two rushing attempts for fifty-nine yards, one for fifty-three in a score, and one for seven yards. Unbelievable. Or six yards. Sorry. I I wonder if I'm like remembering a fantasy player or something that I had for what Donald Brown because I knew. Yeah, because I knew I knew that name. No, Dan, Don, Donald Brown is from UConn. He played five years in Indianapolis and then two years on the Chargers. Yeah, Mass, we were right, right there, but but I but I don't know why I knew he was on the Chargers. Is what I'm saying. Oh, well, it could it, it also could have just been like random. The other thing too is like, would you forget? Would you would you forget Masses? We logged a lot of Madden hours in college. Yeah, we did. A lot of created franchises and shit, and, and you just get stuck with players, and you just kind of you pick up who they are and where they went to school and who they played for, and you kind of just yeah. never it. It gets it gets stowed in a bank you forgot existed. Well, Paul, good question. Mass, thank you for your contribution. I'm sorry we didn't come out on top. I'll be doing a shot here of uh, uh, Maestro Dobel Diamante, 2020. I'll join you with 1942. Here, here. Man, you guys are drinking too high expensive tequilas. Yeah, we're doing our shot trivia. We're doing our shot trivia combining for a total of $89 for two shots. Yeah. Hey, what do you got for Paul? Whatever happened to the days of, uh, you know, drinking like fucking like, you know, Opa? <laughs> well, I think, you know, since we're going to bring this back, I needed a liquor store in the worst way. And I'm just going to get some Jack Fire because like, if no. by some... Like miracle, I go on a streak and have like three shows in a row where I get the question correct. Kendall, I don't want to speak. Uh, I don't want to speak too early, but we might become we might be coming into a free case of some whiskey soon. So, ooh. <laughs> um, if we do, if we do, you can hold on, sh- hold on, hold on. What's this we shit? Like we like I, I would I would I mean I would 
it would be stored at Kendall's house, but it would be for us to use for any purpose. So, I mean, like everybody right, can... so I would have come down and raid Kendall's house. Well, like you, like you're, you can feel free to like. I was gonna get open the option to. I mean, I don't know who would, but I'd open the option to everybody to who you know. Everybody in the group can take a bottle home because we would get twelve bottles. I'm not gonna tell you what the what the product is yet, but you would get everyone could take a bottle home, and then we would just keep the rest of Kendall's. And like, if you know, like if we have like a like a hangout night, Kendall can bring a bottle of it, or you know, have it for shot trivia's and whatever. In okay. So, Kendall, you're asking me a question. Well, I just figured, um, even though we kind of touched on some of stuff, just a quick, like, you know, recap some stuff that you can contribute in. Um, how you felt like the Bears did during this past draft? Oh, I thought. Are you are you asking me a shot trivia question as well? Uh, <clears throat> I, I I wasn't. I mean, I I can. Why aren't you? Well, I wasn't what? only because. What? What? <laughs> Because I didn't know if he had just something at the, the the ready, you know, if you know he were to be wrong. That's why I was taking kind of the brunt of it until you know. I mean, I, in uh, a lot of ways, I kind of just assumed I was just doing it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't have anything to consume tonight. So. Right. Well, that, that's why you know, for now, and then we could always swap and another time. You know, I'll find a question to ask you, and you can ask him about the Bears thing in the meantime while I left. All right. Fair enough. You know, if he gets it wrong, I'll be happy to take the shot on his behalf. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah. Actually, I mean, go ahead. Just if you had uh, any thoughts, you know, Chicago-wise on uh, um, you know, draft So, I weekend. mean, here, here's the thing. I never, I never, yeah, leading up to the draft and I, our group chats and stuff and things like that, I'll always, like, throw a couple of names out there that I want the Bears to draft because I see – you know, like I like I'll do a little baby amount of research, like the the week of, you know, because I'll see like you know you're player and this player and that player, and so you kind of want to get an idea of like where you think because like you know the thing with the draft is best available by position needs and stuff like that. Then these guys would probably be hitting on like you know, the world was going to predict that the Texans were going to trade back to the believe fourth. it or not, Daniel Jeremiah did in his mock. All right. Well, so then one guy. Yeah, one like, guy. But like the majority of the world isn't predicting that they're going to pick somebody at two and then trade up to right. three. You know what I mean? So like like that alone right there just fucks everything up and et cetera and whatever. So with that being said, I, I didn't really have expectations. I will say that the guy that they drafted, Darnell Wright or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Who did they draft, uh, Mass? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't, I don't but I can find out. I'll, I'll look it up. Is it Devery Henderson? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> There's another throwback name for you. Big time. So they drafted... That's Darnell a Wright, you were right the first time. Yeah, okay, so Darnell Wright. So I didn't have them picking him, to be honest. I, I thought... I really thought the Bears were going to go Jalen Carter if he was available. And when I saw that he was still there at nine, that's who I thought they were going with. Um, and then, you know, like I, I thought there was like a lot of work on like the Peter Skaronsky, you know, and, you know, the Bears lately have been really big on drafting local guys. You know, he played for Northwestern, which is just down the street. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, they went out and they got a really big need. They drafted somebody. They drafted a, a, an offensive lineman that, that you know, is going to be able to fit in day one on a hole on the offensive line. It's not someone that they're going to have to jump, you know, to a different offensive position. It gives them the ability to keep Tevin Jenkins, another young prospect of theirs. And I heard a report um, today, uh, you know, I listened to the Tony Kornheiser show and PTI religiously. Um, and so Michael Wilbon, you know, is a, is a well-known Chicago supporter of sports. Uh, he, he's a advocate for all of my teams with the exception of the, he's a Cubs fan, but, um, you know, he said something I, I never really thought of, you know, the big question for the Jalen Carter thing was, you know, his maturity given the, uh, pre-draft, uh, shenanigans that went down with the car incidents and stuff. And, it made a lot of sense for a team like the Eagles to draft him because the Eagles have a lot of veteran presence on the defensive side of the, of the football. People that can kind of hold him in an account and, and check for his actions and make sure that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and whatever. The Chicago Bears do not have that. Chicago Bears are a team of fucking pacifier and sucking babies still. <laughs> I mean, they, they're, they're, I think I... I I, I could stand corrected, but before I, I don't know about free agency, so I don't, I don't know everybody that was signed and whatnot. But like age wise, but I'm pretty sure that before the free agency period, the punter, the kicker, and the placeholder were the only three people on the Chicago Bears that were over the age of thirty. Wow. And so a guy like Jalen Carter can present a really big problem in the locker room if he's being, you know, immature and whatever. So I I actually don't hate that they didn't pick him, even if he does turn out to be that guy that everyone thinks. Because there are a lot of people, and I think Massey would agree, there are a lot of people that thought he was the best defensive player in the draft. Jalen Carter? Yeah. Yeah. You said no? I said yes. Oh, I, was, I thought there were a lot of people that thought he was number one, and then, then this whole thing really just kind of ruined it for him. Um, you know, and let's be clear, he was never getting past the Eagles anyway because yeah. Eagles draft any Georgia player they can, and if they can't draft one, they'll trade for one. <laughs> um, but um, so anyway, long-winded answer. I like what they did in the first round. They went out and they got a true offensive tackle, somebody that something that they need, somebody that can come in and perform well and help give Justin Fields the ability to do more stuff in the pocket, you know, and improve his throwing. And then from there, I, I really, you know, with the exception of the the seventh round safety pick, which it's a seventh round pick, it's a special teamer, it's whatever, probably won't even make the team. But like, other than the seventh round safety pick, I really wasn't shocked by anything that they did. I don't think that they drafted any position of non-need um you know they they focused a lot on the defensive line they focused a lot on the offensive line they drafted a linebacker they drafted they drafted a running back which they're always going to do they drafted a corner which they're always going to do that's just what the bear the bears always draft the running back so i'm not i wasn't i mean i I wish they hadn't but they did you know i'm not going to fault my team for doing you know it's like if the steelers didn't draft a linebacker (laughs) right um or a wide receiver in the seventh round that's going to be an all pro, right? Exactly. So, um, overall, I- I'm really happy with how they drafted 
because they drafted needs. They didn't, you know, there was a lot of, I saw, I saw some skepticism that, you know, like everybody that they drafted on day two, they, they reached for, but at the same time, you know, day two, you know, the day two picks are really, those are the guys that are going to end up being your all pros and the guys that make all the difference in the world for your team um, long run, because, you know, the, that's just like where they are, you know, it's, it's a little bit more question mark, but it's, you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. Um, I, I like everything that they did. I don't have any problems with it. I, I, I thought they did a really good job. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people were very high on their draft. Um, you know, I like that, you know, Ryan Poles, you know, saw that, you know, he knew the Eagles were going to take Jalen Carter, you know, the bears were not going to take Jalen Carter, but you know, he's there, he's available, you know, let's call the Eagles and, and kind of be like, Hey, you know, we can use this guy. It wouldn't be a bad pick. So if you want him, give us something for him. And I, I thought it was a little weird that they only got a fourth round pick next year to move up, even though it was only one spot, but it, it's moving up one spot in the first round. I thought that I, I just thought the compensation should have been a little higher. I thought it should have been like a, like a, like a, if it's especially for being next year's pick, I thought it should be like a third. I could see it being a fourth this year. I don't know. Massey, I might be way off. It looked like compensation really overall in the draft was kind of lower than usual. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you have anything to work on that, but I, I don't, I don't hear what they did. You know, Ryan Poles continued to create as, assets for the future um, by getting another pick next year. You know, I think that they, you know, they have potential to get some good compensatory picks for some people that they lost this year in free agency. Um, and, and they can just keep growing. I, I really don't mind with, with what they did at all. Yeah, I think it was it was worthwhile. On the offensive side of the ball, it was it was one thing and one thing only: offensive line. Get the offensive line going. Get the offensive line solid for Fields. You know, you went out and 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 part of your first round trade back package was getting uh, DJ Moore. The team likes what they have in Darnell Mooney. You know, the jury is still out on what Chase Claypool might. You know, what what Chase Claypool could be. Um, so, you know, plus they have, they like what they had in Equinemus St. Brown as a role-playing wide receiver. They liked what they had in Dante Pettis as a role-playing wide receiver. They still have that speedy demon, Velas Jones Jr., who's coming on to a sophomore year. So, like, the receiving room is good. You know, they liked what they, you know, I, I thought that the, the, the Deontay Foreman signing in free agency was really good. The Travis Homer pick, Travis Homer? Travis Homer? Uh, that's a Seattle guy, right? Yeah, they signed Travis Homer for some depth running back. They still have Khalil Herbert, who, you know, played really well when he was called upon, you know, last year. They have that other young kid, Travis Ebner, and they drafted another new kid. So, like, the running back room, I think, is pretty well set. You know, you don't, you know, with the way that Justin Fields plays, of course, you don't want Justin Fields to be running for a 1,000 yards a season, but you know that he has the ability to create with his legs, which does give you the ability to not necessarily have a straight-up dog in the running back room, at least right now. You know, give it two years. You know, if Justin Fields is that guy, you're not going to want him doing those things all the time. You're going to want him using it to escape versus designing runs for him. And then at that point, you go out and you get him somebody that's going to be a three-down back. So I, I really, I really do like the approach that they made. I, I think what they did was they played smart. They played their cards 
to draft people that can help build a young defense further and figure out who's worth keeping and who's not. And then they went out and they got more offensive pieces to help decide and make the, the judgment, you know, is Justin Fields the guy? Because we have we, we they, they have two more years to figure it out before they have to pick up his fifth-year option, I believe, right? Fields is two years in? Yes. So he's got two – they have two more years to decide – what they're going to do. Well, no. When do they have to pick up the fifth-year option, Mass? Do they have to pick it up before the start of the fourth year? I feel like a lot of yes, times... Yes, it's before yeah. the start of the fourth year. Okay, so that, so they have so then they have to they have to know by the end of... Really, I mean... So what I should say is they, they have three more years to figure out if Fields is the guy. Because they're going to they're gonna pick up the fourth-year option on him. I mean, I don't, I don't foresee Fields regressing from what he was last year, which was... A, a, an average passer and an electric runner, you know, he, he kept them in games. He, he won them a, a game or two with his legs. You know, he extended plays. He's not going to not do that again this year. So if anything, he's just going to get a little better. I, I, I like what they did. Yeah. Bears good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I, I think a lot of people thought that the Bears draft was exactly kind of what they needed. It, it was a very, Good, well-executed X's and O's draft. There was no sexy picks. There were no big trade-ups. There was no egregious trade downs to acquire a ton of picks. They 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 took they did all the work before the draft to set themselves up, and then they they decided who they wanted and what they wanted. You know, I think I think in, on day two they traded up with Jacksonville to get a guy. I think or something like that. But like, you know what? If you're getting who you want. Go for it. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. Is like we have a young a young management staff, a young head coaching staff, and a young team. Right now, what you need to do is you need to go out and be confident in the guys that you want that are gonna that's going to help fix the, the things that you're planning to fix for this year. And if you see a guy that you're sold on, just go get him. Right. Go get that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the only thing with the draft, I, the only gripe I had, and I said it in the group chat, was I was just surprised that nowhere in the draft, even in the fifth round, I was surprised that the Bears didn't take a single edge rusher. That surprised me. That surprised me that they didn't they didn't take one edge rusher because they didn't really address the edge all that much in free agency either. Right. So, you know, but the other thing, too, is there's undrafted free agents. There's you know, the veteran wave of players to get cut for cap casualties. There's also the veteran wave of players that haven't signed anywhere yet. Right. Won't count. There's still room for the, there's still room for them to get somebody, you know, type of, but there's a good list of free agent players available. Like here, let me read you a list of them real quick because I got it actually handy. And Um, I, I, I believe the bears still have a pretty healthy amount of cap space. Yes, they do. It's something stupid like thirty or forty million. Wow. Um, let's see. Free agents still available. Blah 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 blah. Now that I've said this, I'm not going to be able to find it. Marcus <laughs> Peters, Jadavian Clowney, Adrian Amos, Yannick Ngakwe, Kareem Hunt, Puna Ford. These are all decent pass rushers that just haven't signed yet. Right. I mean, they're not world beaters but they're better in presence at all right um 
at least help on the line. And that's what they need. They just really the the edge. They need to just they need to bring in. In my opinion, they need to bring in one or one or maybe two of those kind of veteran edge rushers to help, kind of like uh, take some pressure off of the need to produce from the new the younger defensive tackles that they've brought in. You know, you you want to see them excel. But I think, too, from a, especially from the defensive tackle standpoint, you know, too many people in the world of football want, you know, especially, you know, like you're always there's always one or two defensive tackles that are like stat whores. But like everybody now, you know, once one player is able to come out and do like an Aaron Donald type thing, everybody's always looking for the next Aaron Donald. And like Aaron Donald, while he is talented, otherworldly and a freak of nature, Aaron Donald also was able to kind of be those things because in the beginning it wasn't forced upon him to be those things. Aaron Donald, no, he had Robin Quinn, he had Robert Quinn, Chris Long, um, right? They, they man, just, Michael Brockers. They always did a good job at putting other pieces around him to let him. Because I mean, how long was Aaron Donald in the league before he was really Aaron Donald? Uh, he was rookie of the year, his first year, missed a year, and then was defensive player of the year. So not that long. Oh, okay. All right. So, but to, to your point, it's exactly no, true. He was an all pro his third year. Sorry. No. Right. He was he was pretty good pretty quickly off the bat. No, right. I stand corrected. Then my apologies. Go again. Cam Hayward sucks though. <laughs> Just kidding. That jersey that I gave to Kyle is somewhere in the world. I like to think. I Just, mean, that's somewhere in the world. Yeah. Just don't know where. It's one of the. Isn't that one of like like the laws of like physics or whatever? Like mass can't be destroyed. Yeah, mass can't matter can't be created or destroyed. It's just yeah, or is that, just in different forms. Oh no, is that's energy, isn't it? Well, oh, that jersey was energy. Matter too. Matter changes forms, but it can't be created or destroyed. Right. Exactly. So, big shout out to that jersey wherever you are. I still love you. Yeah, we're thinking about you every day. <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. <laughs> Did you guys discuss at all the fun the fun of the NHL? We did Actually, I mean, for about 30 minutes. That is that is wildly incorrect. It's not my fault you were disconnected while we were talking about it. Well, be that as it may, I still don't believe you. It's just funny that the Bruins getting, you know, the, the President's Cup curse following the Bruins into being eliminated in the first round by the Florida Panthers, a team that just last year was the President's Cup winner and felt that same pressure and fell to it. Yeah. Um, there, there was as, nothing sweeter for me. It was great. As absolutely miraculous as it is, completely overshadows the other large piece of information to come out of the first round of the NHL playoffs. Which part? That the defending champions have also been eliminated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That the Avalanche are out, and aren't the Lightning out, too? Yeah, but the Lightning aren't the Lightning they used to be. Still, though, they're a team you expected to make it past the first round. Who do they lose to? Um, give me a sec, I'll tell you. I'm trying to remember. All the NBA playoffs and the NFL shit going on. I just can't remember. Um, NHL... 
as a great hater of Boston sports, I did appreciate Toronto. Bruins get knocked out. It's it's they not lost. they lost to Toronto. Didn't even make it to game seven. Yeah, it's not surprising that they lost to Toronto. Toronto's a good squad, a good team. Yeah, no, as a big fan. I mean, hey, now Kendall, you're in a weird boat though. Like, what do you do here? Do you support Kyle's Philadelphia 76ers or do you root for the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> why can't you root for the 76ers? Well, I mean, because you know, it's, it's just the same. We 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 joke we joke about it, especially at Kyle's expense. We do, we sure do, you know, and and that's fine. You know, the the Mark, Mike Mock always takes, makes the joke that he he loves to root for the Steelers for Kendall and shit on him for Kyle. You know, like the Phillies thing or whatever. And like Kendall, Kendall definitely. I think Kendall's deep rooted hate for Kyle's teams starts with the Phillies from a divisional standpoint, right? Because he's a fan. But like the Seventy Sixers are just awful, and and they, they should just nobody should like them. They <laughs> they're a bad franchise. They they they. It's ridiculous that they. We're never able to fucking do anything with any of their fucking teams they've put together over the years. Joel Embiid's a fucking crybaby. James Harden's a piece of shit. And I'm tired of listening to Doc Rivers chain smoking ass talk on post games. Fair. Guy just sounds like he fucking smokes camel blues before every conference. <laughs> and he does. Yeah, maybe he does. Um. Man, I kind of want to send this to the group chat real quick. Go for it. James Harden's attire before game one tonight. Oh, I saw that. Looks like a fucking cookie monster. Yeah, I saw that. Hey, guy's ridiculous. Up. What? I said guy's ridiculous. Yeah. Kendall, was there anything else that I uh, I missed that you wanted, that you wanted to Oh, I, I mean, just one more thing before I guess we kind of wrap. We discussed our... our our pettiness. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kyle had some pretty funny drive through stuff that he mentioned. Uh, I, I talked about my driving habits. Um, you know, I don't know if you had anything that really like in, in your day to day life that you find yourself that self admitting, like, you know, hey, that's pretty petty of me to be doing. So, one thing I'll do is for sure this one's like a you know this might be a scummy thing and if if you if you're listening to this at a later date I love you <laughs> and I agree. uh but um uh if I'm having uh when I'm playing disc golf against Mike Mock in a group setting I'll never do I never do it when we're playing one on one but if we're doing it in a group setting I will usually tend to not play as well because I'm focusing more on the, the the dynamic of the hanging out of the group type of thing versus like my own play. Whereas I I think Mike Mock would, would say would, would probably agree that he, you know, he's still trying to put out the best round he can. Um not that not to you know not to take anything away good for him. You know what I mean? That's that is how you should do it. Mm-hmm. But um if I'm like if, if I sense that there's like a little blood in the water and I think like I'm <laughs> just behind them so I can close, I will I will try to like say like 
oh, like, like I'll stand next to his drive, like, after he drives, and he'll be looking for, like, what he's going to do next. And I'll be like, oh, there's, like, that gap right there. Like, knowing it's just, like, a really aggressive gap to take and that, like, hey, if he hits it and throws a great shot, then good for him. He deserved it. But the chances are not as good, and he might fuck it up. Just take him on. Yeah, exactly. I do that. I don't know if that's, like, pettiness, really. I mean, um, I think there is, like, an aspect of it that's kind of petty. I like that. <laughs> um, I do a, I do a pretty good... <laughs> I do a pretty good petty thing at work um, when someone is giving me, like, a really hard time about, like, just nonsense. Uh, they'll, um, whatchamacallit, they'll, they'll text me to, like, put something in for them, and I'll just, like, tell them it's allocated and it's not, so I don't have to send it to them. That's funny. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, I'm really only hurting myself because it's my own <laughs> but it's like sometimes you're just like fuck them right i, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying that that is like so true <laughs> no it's despite your face yeah right. <laughs> um from a driving aspect uh if there's one of those instances where it's like the uh the right lane is supposed to be merging into the left lane uh once i get within about a quarter of a mile of the merge i just start driving on the dotted line yeah yep just to say fuck you just to say fuck you, because like you've had all this opportunity. Yeah, not dealing, uh, with fucking, not dealing with your ass. Yeah, all uh, the, all that driving stuff just, oh god, just revs me up. Just makes me so my, mad. My big petty thing that I do in my relationship, and I believe the girls are sleeping. If they're not, Samantha can hear this, and she's going to motherfuck me. <laughs> um. But, like, sometimes when me and Samantha are kind of just, like, having, you know how you have, like, those days where everything is, everything that you do and everything that she does just kind of is annoying? Yep. Yeah. So, on days like that where, like, she's really just, like, really pissing me off and I'm really pissing her off, one of her pet peeves is, uh, it used to be with snus wrappers, like, like I would leave, like, a snus wrapper laying around. And I never did that intentionally. But what I will do is I will intentionally go in the bathroom and get a Q-tip and clean my ear and then leave it somewhere in the house and then go to work. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, I'll just get a Q-tip, I'll clean my ears, and then I'll just le- I'll, I'll leave it like on the fucking like end table in the living room, or I'll leave it on her dresser. That's great. Yeah, I'll just be like, I'm gonna fucking you know, make your snide comments. I'm gonna clean my fucking ears and then leave the Q-tip <laughs> and piss you off. You're gonna see that later and get real fucking mad, aren't you? A little wax for your labor. Man. Well, there's never any wax because like I, I I clean my ears so much because like I, I I do the neti pot thing in my ear. I flush it out with water. I do the Q-tips. I'm, I I I gotta be honest with you. I haven't seen wax come out of my ears probably in 14 years. Wow. Yeah, they're they're pretty clean. Other than like being really sick. If I'm like real sick, like if I have a real head cold or something like that, and like you kind of get that mucusy buildup up there. Like other than that, but like just like casually having wax nah not for me um i was telling kendall i would be really petty at work um if somebody's just really pissing me off i'll turn off their their essentially all their accounts so nothing works on their computer for two periods (laughs) until i know they have a free period and they'll come stomping down to see me and i have access to the cameras too so i'll see when they leave their room start walking down towards me and nice. just as they turn into coming to my office, I'll reactivate everything. So when they walk in, the bitch, you're like, nothing works, blah, 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 look. And they open the computer and everything works. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Janine. Looks like it's working fine to me. I love That's that real. so much. That's real funny. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is, that is, oh, man. 
Oh, that's good. That's good stuff right there. It ruins, like, education, which makes it even funnier. I love that's some real hardcore pettiness, and I can really get behind that. <laughs> being, being petty is one of the, like, the just one of the, the just joys of life. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love being petty. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad, but... I may be a nice person, but I am a petty person as well. Hey, hey, it makes you human. Yep. I do. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I'll tell you what. Something else I used to do, too. I used to do it to Kyle and Jeff a lot. When I was living at Maple and I was living with Jeff and, like, Kyle would be staying a lot. I would never do it to Kendall because Kendall never really, like, irked me to do it. <laughs> like, I, I'd, like, I would get, like, just annoyed with Jeff. Or I'd get annoyed with Kyle. And like when we, we would get like fast food and I would just reach in the bag and I would turn their fries upside down. That's very funny. <laughs> I, I would do that all the time. I would, I would, That's I would, just a real fucking move. I would turn the fries upside down and then just pick up the container enough so that everything was mostly out of it. So there was no way to salvage it without just having to have a bag full of French right. fries. <laughs> oh, like, sorry. It's the way it came. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Better look next time. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. so, so what we got. What we got. There was one other one when when you sent it to us. There was when you sent us the 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 like rundown of the show. There was another petty thing that I had in mind, but I forgot what it was. I think what it would be. Oh, this one. I don't know if this is petty or if this is just douchebaggery or whatever. It really only. Yes. Hurt it really only hurts me, but I would do this a lot. Um, it, I, it, the, the place I'm notorious for doing it the most is Dunkin' Donuts, but I've done it at like McDonald's and like other places. If if I'm like waiting in line and like I have to wait longer than I should at a fast food establishment to get served or like to get like my, I have my order taken, and like I'll go up and like I'll, I'll do my order and I'll be just kind of like all right, whatever, like it's busy or whatever. People have shit going on. It is what it is. But, like, then they're just, like, being, like, rude and, like, whatever. Like, it's just a really bad experience yep. type of thing. When it's, like, one of those types of things, what I'll do is I will intentionally, I will put my order in and I will beef it up. And then I will say, oh, shit, I forgot my wallet in the car and then leave and never come back. <laughs> That's very funny. And it's, like, the thing is, is, like, it's not really that big of a deal because they'll just cancel the order. But, like, it definitely sits in the system for a minute. and they Yeah, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and, and I just... just Makes me real fucking mad. That's funny. Very funny. <laughs> Keep putting the order. <laughs> hey, Paul. Yeah. Got a shot trivia for you. All right. Do you want it to be easy mode or hard mode? Uh, what sport? NHL. Has to do with the Blackhawks, I'll tell you that much. All right, go hard mode. It's, it's for you. Go hard mode? This is, like, real specific. Are you sure you want hard mode? Yeah, do it. All right. 2014-2015 Blackhawks. Last year, they won the championship. Yep. Three players scored more than one shootout goal throughout the year. Can you name me all three? Shootout goals? Yep. In the regular season or, like, including the playoffs? Uh, I believe this is just the regular season. Shootout goals. Let's see. 
Mm. Then I'll tell you what. Only I'll, take your, I'll take your bank shot if you can get this. Otherwise, you can bank this with getting it right. Three players made over one. Five total players made a shootout goal throughout the season. You can tell me all five. I'll take yours. You can name three. Then you bank for next time. All right. So I'm trying to think. The last year that they won the championship was the year that they brought in a couple of those like oddball people, um, like those types of guys. So like the two the two big names were Antoine Vermette from the Coyotes and Brad Richards from the Rangers. Because there were big deals that they both won championships because they were both at the end of their careers. Um, let's see. In order for I'm trying to think. Brad Richards, Marion Hosa, Christopher Stieg, and Brian Bickle all would do shootouts from time to time, but they weren't in the start of the rotation. So in, in standard hockey shootout, you do three shootout goals. So the first would always be would always be Patrick Kane, and I refuse to believe Patrick Kane didn't score a shootout goal in that season. So Patrick Kane's on the list. Jonathan Taze is also always on that grouping. I refuse to believe he didn't score, so I'm going to go him. And then the third one would almost always be Patrick Sharp. So those are going to be the three that I'm going to say netted more than one. Okay, bank for next time. All right. And then so if, if I have to do the two other guys that scored one. Yep. So let's see. Marion Hosa didn't really do a lot of shootout goals. I mean, I'd be surprised if he had more than one or two, like, attempts. Same thing with, like, Brian Bickle. Brian Bickle really only did shootout goals in the playoffs because that's he's basically the fucking... Uh, what's that What's that fucking right fielder, Kendall, that played for, like, the Cubs and all that, the team, the the, the guy that's only good in the playoffs? He hits, I like... Um... No, he's a, he's a fucking... He, he, I think he's a DH now, but he would play outfield from time to time or first. He was, like... He, he, he was always, like... Like for like a few years, he would just kind of like bounce around to teams that would you knew were going to make the playoffs because they were hoping oh, that he would. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I can't remember his name now. Um, it's like I always want to say Jay Bruce, and I know it's not Jay Bruce. No, he. I mean, he was like on every single World Series team. Yeah, uh, and like because he had that one World Series where like he was just all of a sudden hitting fucking 95 home runs. Anyway, yeah. that's what Brian Pickle was for the Blackhawks. Brian Pickle was just kind of like whatever all season long. Um. But I don't, Brian Bickle didn't really do much in that final thing. Um, I don't think Brad Richards was in it. So I'm going to say Antoine Vermette had one. And I'm going to say, I don't think Hosa would have. Was Brandon Saad there? Yeah, I think he was. I think that was the world. I think that was the cup that Brandon Saad won. Brandon Saad might have been it. I'll say Antoine Vermette and Brandon Saad. Four out of five. Is it not Brandon Saad? It was not Brandon Saad. Do you want to go for one more pick? It's going to be someone stupid like Andrew yes. Phil. It is going to be someone stupid. Is it Andrew Shaw? It is Andrew Shaw. <laughs> so annoying. Why was he even? Why did he? In what situation did he take a shootout goal? Only one, and he made it. What a he fucking percent shot. That's great. I'm so mad. God damn, Kendall. Who? Who's the guy? Is it's like I want. I always want to say Jay Bruce and Pete Alonso because the Mets are so good at just having useless home run hitters. <laughs> um, oh my god. F- 
Um, is it Lucas Duda or was that another Met? Yeah, it's another Met Hobart hitter. Fuck, what's his name? God damn it, Kyle. Why are you not here? Uh, I know it. He was on the Cubs at one point. Yep. I, uh... Do you know what about? Because I can start doing some searching. I don't know. He's bouncing around about. I can't get. I know exactly who it is. I can't get it. Give me a team in a year ish that you think. Um. So when did the Cubs win? Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, he was he was on the Cubs, but not in the winning one of the World Series. Like he's he's more like recent league, isn't he? This guy, I think we're thinking about the same guy. Damn. Uh, no. 13 was Red Sox and Cardinals. Oh, did you guys see that Nelson Cruz hit a triple for the Padres? Oh, my God, really? Yeah, hilarious. Uh, it, it was 2016 for the Cubs. Okay. Well, maybe he wasn't the Cubs in 2016, then. <laughs> we'll in 2016, I can check. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. I was gonna say the guy. He was like Jack on like he's like on four or five like consecutive World Series teams for win or loss. Yeah, and the the guy like only fucking produces in October. Yeah. If the postseason comes around, man, and he's on your team, that guy is fucking hitting five home runs <laughs> in the fucking playoffs. Ah, uh, the real Mister October. So ridiculous. Makes you so mad. He's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Man, it makes me so fucking mad that Andrew Shaw's on that list. <laughs> you know that Andrew Shaw has a goal disallowed in a playoff game because he headbutted it into the net? Hilarious. That's actually awesome. Yeah. Do you want to know that's very funny? Um, the other question I was going to ask you is, in that season, I was going to ask you to name me the three players that scored over 20 points, and I'm sure you could do that without blinking. <laughs> three players that scored 20 points? Yeah, twenty goals. Sorry. Oh, it's it's, list, it's listed as points, which is why my brain switched for a half a second. I was like, there are way more than three. Um, three three people that scored twenty goals or more. Yeah. Oh, Patrick Kane. Yep. Yeah, I'll be right back. It's, it's weird. Like you'd think I could rattle off, but like there were so many good people on that team. Like I, I feel like Jonathan Taze didn't score twenty goals that year. <clears throat> But he could have. I'm sorry. Like, There's difference between goals, assists, and points. So, yeah. so points are goals and assists combined. All right. So three players who scored 20 plus or more points. There's or only 20 three. or more. There's only three. That can't be true. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. That's for the playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. I'm saying like, there's um, no fucking way. That's only for the playoffs. Only for the playoffs? 20-plus points in 2015? Yep. I mean, my instinct point is that my, my instinct says... What's your instinct? Because you're going to be right. My, um, my instinct says Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, and Duncan Keith. You're right. Okay. Because that, 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 that was the year that Duncan Keith won the Conn Smythe Trophy. So, goals during the regular season, there are four players that got... 20 goals. 20 goals or more? Yeah. Patrick Kane, Brandon Saad, Jonathan Taze, and Marion Hosa? Yep. And then 
that was the tail end of Patrick Sharp's run. Patrick Sharp would have been on that list earlier. Yeah, I mean, I figured that those would be pretty easy ones for you. Uh, I thought the, the the shootout one would throw you a little bit, but... Does that list the lines by any chance? What do you mean? Like, like, like who the, was on the first line, second line? Yeah. Um, I just, I'm having a hard time remembering who played center with Patrick Kane and Brandon Saad. Because I don't think it was Brad Richards. I think Brad Richards was on the third line. I want to say it was Antoine Vermette. I know the first see. line was the first line was Sharposa and and Taze. It was always Sharposa and Taze. Let me find it real quick. I want to say it was Antoine Vermex. I think Brad Richards played on the third line. It could be. So I thought Brad Richards played with like Andrew Shaw and stuff like that. Although Andrew Shaw sometimes played center, but I don't think he played center during that tenure. Black Fox line. Uh, it doesn't specifically list them, but no. this looks like starting line. I'm just going to go by the first person on each line. Taze, Kane, uh, Taze, Kane, and Hosa, Keith, and Crawford. You're missing one. How many? We, so one center. How many wings? Should be one center, two wings, two defensemen, and a goalie. Uh, Keith and Seabrook. Yeah. So it's weird. Like a lot of the things they put, like Patrick Kane, but Patrick Kane never played first line with Taze. He always played second line. It was. It was. Sharp. What is, you know what LTIR means in abbreviation? LTIR. Yeah, I'm going to search. Long term reserve. Yes, actually. My guess. I don't know why that's listed there, but that is next to his name for it. For who? For Kane. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right, gents. Kind of got to get to the closing remarks here. All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. I didn't. I didn't have a, a, a Bev, but I, I did consume some Bevs earlier when I wasn't on the show. Please give us a review. I'm interested. Uh, so I had uh, I had two Sam Summers from a can. <laughs> um, Just they, they were what was provided. <laughs> they were not good. Um, you know, a nice summer wheat ale that tastes pretty awful. Um, you know, Sam Adams does not produce a, uh, a single beer in the can or bottle for varietal that I care for anymore. Um, there's only one Sam Adams beer that I would lose my shit over drinking and I have to go to Samuel Adams to get it. So I'll never drink it again. Um, <laughs> let's see. Sam summer out of a can. I'll give it a 1.5 out of, out of, uh, out of, five um and uh i will put the asterisk will drink if what's available because it is an easy drinking beer but it's just still flavorless right and it's weird it's one of those beers like it kind of tastes worse the colder it gets and then uh, i also had one uh uh transsexual bud light (laughs) and uh 
it was weird. I had the Bud Light like at the end because like we were hanging out at the 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 place we were at longer than anticipated. So I just kind of cracked one. I was with I was with Machine Washable, who's not on because it's his betrothed birthday today. We were at her birthday celebration. Um. Uh, so we were there longer. So so me and me and Machine cracked cracked up Bud Light each just to kind of have while everyone was like shooting the shit. And I gotta tell you, it, it was the worst Bud Light I'd ever had in my life. And, and the re- it's not even because it was a Bud Light or anything like that. It's just the reason was like I had the two Sam Summer, and then like I ate, and then like it kind of felt like the party was like winding down, and we were gonna be leaving soon-ish. And I was kind of getting tired, so I had a cup of coffee to kind of just like wind out the day and then like we st- so then like and then i just had like another beer and so it was kind of just like my body was just kind of like right. what are you doing kind of weird timing like, yeah my body's just like what, like what are you doing you fucking put two shit cold things in us and then you make us drink yeah. something warm and what's happening here yeah it's just like my body was just like what the fuck is your problem so uh yeah there you go so i had those those were my my, my beers consumed and then uh i also i believe was it friday yeah, because Saturday was a rain. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday, I also had some beer. I had this double IPA from Fiddlehead Brewery. I can't remember the name of it, but it was pretty good. Um, give it a four out of five. Would get again in the. Uh, it's it's one of those featured of the nineteen point two ounce cans. Yep. Uh, can't remember the name of it, but I think it was called like Fiddle Up or something like that. But it was pretty good. And then I, I had the, uh, the 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 closer of the night at, uh, sitting at a fire, and uh, just just ran train on a four pack of Guinness. There you go. Oh, Guinness is so good. Guinness is pretty good. It's the best. I had, uh, from my grocery store purchase uh, from Zero Gravity, I had the Green State Lager. That sounds uh, awful. This four-pack was $9.99 at 4.9%. Uh, it was decent. I'll give you the quick rundown. Uh, a crisp, easy-drinking Pilsner beer. Noble hops in perfect balance with only the finest Pilsner malt provide a clean and satisfying brew that is as welcoming as the green state itself. Uh, for as schmalty as that description was, this was actually pretty good. Um, for for these shows, I've drank a ton of IPAs, and I've kind of determined that that's kind of the thing I like to do. So this was kind of an odd choice for myself. Um, I could absolutely drink a whole bunch of these, and I would recommend... Uh, if you want a, a Pilsner that isn't of like the 30 pack variety, this was kind of worth getting for, for $10 a four pack. Um, nothing super notable other than that. It, it did taste of quality. If that means anything to you, your Pilsner drinkers, um, 4.1 out of five would get again. Well, again. And how is your Mastero Dobell? Excellent. Very tasty. In fact, I can have one more just for good luck. Nice. I'm about to change the diapers, so I got to be prepared. There you go. It's easier to clean up the poop if you just throw up on it. <laughs> Mass, did you have a, a beverage? I done some 1942 while I was making dinner tonight. I mean, Jesus Christ! What a what a what a bougie bed. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. You know what's really funny too is like 1942 is like one of those tequilas that's like it's so shit on in the industry by like the actual world. Yeah. But you know what? 
I was kind of, or it was great enough to receive as a gift from our hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. So I'm going to enjoy it until it's empty. Oh, I didn't give you 1942. I gave you Don Julio Primavera. <laughs> it's different. That was 42 on the bottle. Does it say 1942 on the bottle? Yeah. Well, then give it back. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I didn't give you a 1942. Well, I'll go downstairs and take you a picture after I finish doing this. Well, I'm, I'm saying you you had a bottle of 1942. I gave you a Don Julio Primavera. It was Am I misremembering? Or- it was in an orange box, and it, it was like it looked like a teardrop bottle. It didn't have the square base that 1942 has. Oh yeah, that's not the one I'm drinking. Oh, all right. I was like, so I was like, I did I mean, not. Primavera was very good too. But- 1942 would go into the collection of things that would get me favors. <laughs> that goes into the collection of I'm going to need to ask someone to take two bottles of gin and going to use this as the reason why. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, Kendall, where can they listen to us? Well, they can listen to us uh, just about anywhere. Uh, you know, we're, we're on Podbean, you know. Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Apple. I mean, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. We're everywhere. The only place you can't find your house. The only place you can't find us is the Yellow Pages. That's true. That's not true. I put us in there last year. Oh, all right. We're on UMass. It's one of my favorite old timey jokes from the '90s. Is a uh, uh, you know having like a sitcom and uh, walking in, and an old person's just like scribbling in the phone book, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Like, "Oh, just updating the phone book, going through the obituaries." <laughs> Hilarious. So funny. Well, all right, well, uh, gentlemen, great show. Um, kudos to uh, the Red Baron for getting us back on track after a uh, you know, from what I heard, was a pretty abysmal show last week. I fell asleep during it. <laughs> yeah, no. I had to kick you off Discord later. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, it was a long... Uh, but, um, you know, more good stuff coming, more thought-out stuff, fun, good things. No, this is a great show. I mean, I wish Massey... I mean, God, Massey. I wish Mock could have joined us and Kyle could have yeah, stuck around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, uh, Getting Sports with Drunk, Twitter and Instagram, GSWD underscore four. Make sure you just ask GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's, you know, saying that your headset's not working because your wife's yelling at you to get off the podcast, or, you know, drinking some awful Sam Summer. Yeah. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, do it. Just do it, you know. And hey, big shout out to, uh, I think the name was uh, Computer888, who commented on our last show on YouTube saying uh, the quote or the comment was cringe. And uh, so shout out to uh, you for, I mean, I hope you listened to the whole thing to really, you know, yeah, you know put that, you know, that comment of uh, basically no no value whatsoever. So shout out to you. <laughs> Um, and, uh, no value, just like your life. Right. So thanks a lot, Computer888, and uh, hope you tune into this show. Yeah, I hope AI ruins your life. <laughs> I hope you step on a Lego. Nice. Yeah. Well, until next time, I'm your host, Cupcake Thriller. Nope. Nope. I don't remember what he was this week's soul is, but I'm the mouse, Chris Massey. And the Red of Red Baron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah.